along the road. The 41-year-old from Rushton hit William Dawkins, leaving him with numerous injuries. The prosecution said that morning Locke had lied to a nurse about his blood sugar levels. He was jailed for six months and banned from driving for three years. Two businesses in Milton Keynes are facing fines following immigration raids by the Home Office. One man was arrested for overstaying his visa at Papa Luigi Dalapizza on Heathfield Industrial Estate in Stacey Bushes. And three illegal workers from Bangladesh were arrested at the Eastern Paradise restaurant in Wolverton. MK Don say they will report anyone selling offensive memorabilia with their name on it to trading standards. This comes after they found a badge of a golly holding a Don's flag being sold on an internet auction site. Lorna Hankin has the details. The badge includes the old Wimbledon colours of yellow and blue, but has MK Dons written on it. The club say they're extremely disappointed to see their name associated with this particular item and want to reassure people it is not part of the official merchandise range and never has been. They added if a supporter wore it to a game and it caused offence, they would take further action. Ray Manzarek, the keyboard player from The Doors, has died. He was 74. Along with the singer Jim Morrison, he was a founding member of the band and helped to write some of their biggest hits, such as L.A. Woman, Light My Fire and this song, Break On Through. In sport, it's been Sorry, you playing the, no, really... I have to interrupt. Are you playing the doors in well, the news? I'm going to start spinning my own discs. Wow. In sport, it's been confirmed Jose Mourinho is leaving Real Madrid at the end of the season. The Spanish club announced his departure by mutual consent last night. And as for the weather, dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees Celsius, that's 59 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Catherine, you old head, put down that bong pipe. And, and what do you, <laughs> I can't believe we had the doors on BBC Three Counties in the news. I was going to play a Doors song um, in the show, but the only one we've got is Riders on the Storm. Oh, that's a bit dull, isn't it? It is. Well, no disrespect to Ray Manzarek, who was a fantastic keyboard player. The Doors were... They were a little bit overrated, weren't they? I think it's because of the extreme sexiness of Jim Morrison, isn't it? He wore those same leather trousers for 14 (sighs) years. And yet it seemed so right. Oh, dear. It's always sad to see the passing of anyone, particularly a, a musical... Innovator like Ray Manzarek, but the Doors were—they they were terrible. They were a terrible band, weren't they? Weren't they? Pompous, overrated. Here comes the Lizard King. No, Jim. No, 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 no. Two good Doors songs are. Um, oh, what's that one they did? Light my fire. And Touch Me, which is the song the Doors fans hate. They all hate Touch Me, but it's a good pop song. The rest, this is the end, beautiful friend. If you disagree, 08459 455 555. And no, Hello, I Love You was not a good song. They just ripped off the kinks with that. Right, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. You can talk Doors if you want. We have other things that you might find slightly more interesting, including... There's been another shooting in Luton. You probably heard it announced on uh, Jonathan's show yesterday. A tenth shooting in Luton this year. Well, I'll hear from our reporter, Justin Dealey, who's spoken to residents who say they no longer feel safe. Well, I'll speak to a local community leader, Saundra Glenn, who says they shouldn't worry. But the question is, do you feel safe in Luton? 
And as a golly badge supporting the MK Dons is sold on an internet auction site, eBay, obviously, a badge the club has nothing to do with, I want to know, is it ever acceptable to own a golly? I used to, but that was in the 70s when we were stupid. Is it ever acceptable in the 21st century? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or the best way to get in touch, of course, is the phone 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, do you feel safe in Luton? Local community leader Sandra Glenn says for the most part Luton is a safe place to live despite the recent spate of gun-related incidents. Her comments come after a Luton man was shot in the leg on the Dunstable Road yesterday morning. Well, we'll be speaking to Sandra later in the programme. But first, Justin Dealey. Justin, I believe you're where the incident took place, are you? Absolutely, on um, Leicester Road, which is uh, just uh, off the Dunstable Road, just a few hundred yards away from Junction 11 of the M1. When I arrived yesterday morning, uh, the police were here with the forensic unit. They've now left... It wasn't confirmed that it was a shooting until just before 10 o'clock yesterday morning and that's when I spoke to local residents, concerned local residents, and this is what they had to say. Um, yeah, I mean, we've woke up to a loud bang. Um, we are really distraught. We initially assumed maybe it's a lorry because there's a lot of noises like that around the area. Um, we're distraught, shocked um, and outraged by what's going on in the area, really. It's a pleasant neighbourhood. We've never had any crime like this before. And um, obviously everything's kind of going downhill. Of course, there have been 10 shootings in Luton now. Um, 17 gun-related incidents. It's, um, it's a worrying time for people, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. And I think a lot of the time within this neighbourhood, there's a lot of vulnerable citizens here. You know, people from different ethnic minorities, older residents, young children. There's schools nearby as well. You know, it will get to a time if nothing's resolved that people will eventually stop going out. Devastated. Absolutely devastated because I've got young kids and it it hits home when it's so close to home. And um, when you come out of your house and you see that, it, it just... I'm speechless. I don't know. I mean, I'm shaking right now. Honestly, I don't even know how I'm going to go to work. You're very emotional. You're almost crying, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Because... This is unbelievable. Are you now terrified about living in Luton? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just told my husband I want to go. I'm going to move out. Go somewhere else. I don't know. <sighs> I just think it's, it's disgusting. It's horrible. It's very shocking. How upsetting is it for you to see the police forensic unit here? It's quite scary because this is a, route, yeah, a sort of route to the school. The school's just around the corner. This is the way a lot of children go to school in the morning. So just after 8 o'clock, this is a normal route to school. So, Justin, it's another morning. It's another mm. shooting that we're, we're talking about. This is a, a weekly feature it's becoming. Absolutely. I mean, you, you could hear that lady there in her voice, uh, the lady in the middle. Uh, those people, again, don't want to be named, but but she was terrified. She was genuinely shaking. She couldn't believe something like this had happened outside her home. And again, last week, Ian, we saw the pictures in the national newspapers of armed police in Marsh Farm. Leicester Road in Luton is nowhere near Marsh Farm in Luton. And again, we're hearing at the 
there reports of another shooting. Now, we'll, we will get flack on Facebook and people phoning in, as we often do, for, for ramping up something and uh, being the naughty media and Ooh. hyping up a story and making a situation worse. Uh, when people say, well, Luton's great, it's fantastic. And bits of Luton are great and bits of it are fantastic. But these people you've spoken to, these are genuine people. Absolutely. They are genuinely scared. You've not prompted them in any way whatsoever. Nope. Uh, this fear is genuine, isn't it? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think anybody who says uh, Luton's a fantastic town, yes, of course, like any town, um, certainly great parts to loosen. But you've got to ask yourself, if there was a shooting that happened along your road, how would you feel about that? Um, those people I spoke to yesterday, yes, it was an instant reaction, but, but you could certainly hear the fear. How can something like this happen where I live? And on, as that lady said as well, on a route to school. This happened just before 8 o'clock yesterday morning when children would have been walking to school along that road, seeing somebody being shot. Justin, uh, thank you very much. I'll speak to you later on. It's, it's not really appropriate now. I'd like to get your thoughts on the doors, but a little yes. bit later on in the show, if that's <laughs> no okay, problem. Justin. Thanks. Thank you very much. Seems slightly flippant to uh, follow that with the talk about how rubbish uh, a 60s rock group were, so we won't. But we will be speaking to uh, Sandra Glenn, Glenn a little bit later on in the show, who says that Luton is a safe place to live. Well, I'm sure Luton is pretty safe, isn't it? It's pretty safe. But ten shootings... Uh, where are we? T- coming towards the end of May. Ten shootings this year already. Do you feel safe living in Luton? 08459 four double five five double five. anybody well actually there's a few people i do want to be rude about but how much of an idiot is george michael seriously he's alive he hasn't got life threatening injuries so we can say this about him he's on the front page of the sun this is the most incredible story 
Listen to this front page headline. I saw George Michael fall out of 70 miles per hour car and bounce down the M1. What? George Michael, the uh, Greek pop singer, fell out of a car on the M1. Now, of course, he has a a troubled history uh, involving cars. And indeed, let's be honest, drugs. He likes a cheeky little puff every now and then, I'm led to believe. And he didn't, was it, was it um, Snappy Snaps that he smashed into in Highgate? I uh, lived near there at the time and we all went and had a little look at the Snappy Snaps that he'd smashed into. Very naughty George. But falling out of the M1, a driver yesterday revealed she nearly ran over George Michael. The sentence continues... After he fell from his car on the M1 at around 70 miles per hour, stunned Catherine Fox, 23, above, skidded to a halt as the singer, 49, slammed into the carriageway. She added, he was lucky he didn't die. Full story, page five. We turn to page five. There's a picture of... Look at the traffic you've caused, George! For goodness sakes, it's backed up all up the M1. It's local as well. Oh, yes. Catherine, 23, said the singer's clothes were ripped and his training shoes torn off. Along with his trademark designer sunglasses, they would. If you rolled along the M1, your sunglasses would probably fall off. She added, there was a nasty cut on his forehead and the back of his head. There was blood all down his face and on his teeth. He was breathing and conscious, but in shock. George was in the uh, car on a four-lane stretch of the M1 near St Albans, Hertfordshire. That's us. That's us. That's a local story. So hands off other BBC local radio stations. We're having this one. Two friends pulled onto the hard shoulder and ran back across two lanes of traffic to help George. George didn't say anything. He just seemed in shock. You would be, wouldn't you? If you'd fall- How on earth does a 49-year-old man fall out of a car on the motorway? Ah, oh dear. You better come quick. This doesn't look good, said the, uh, Catherine Fox to the ambulance as she dialed 999. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I have very little sympathy for George Michael. He's not, let's be, he's not done a good song since, um, since Faith. When was that, 25 years ago? Something like that. Well, can we find out when Faith was? I bet it was longer ago than I think. Uh, he fell out of a car on the M1. Now, he needs a child lock on that door. That's what my boys try and open the door when we're driving along. It's a child lock. I tell them it can only be opened with magic. George Mark was an idiot. It, it does lead us on to this, though. Uh, Faith was 1987, was it? Was it Really? Really? I was 14 years old, 25 years ago. Look at that. Well, there you go. Injuries you've sustained with cars. Not that I've, I was knocked down and, and died or anything like that, but odd injuries. Who was the chap who fell out of his own car and ran over himself? Brian Harvey, wasn't it, for me, 17. He ran over himself. Huh? I know it's a long shot. We may get no takers on this, but I'm prepared to put it out there because I know you're good, dear listener. Injuries you've had with cars that aren't quite... What you'd expect. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've never injured myself, but a friend of mine once did have his foot run over by his dad in their driveway. There you so go, you awkward. see, Adam. Fantastic. It is awkward, isn't it, when you, when you ride, drive over your son's own foot? Yeah, I know. It was very, very awkward. He was in uh, plaster for the next month. <laughs> Fantastic. See, there we go. Uh, on the roads this morning, things looking quite good. We've had no accidents so far today. No incidents either. M25 running nicely. No M1 delays. We're looking pretty good on most of the major routes, even where we've got roadworks. A41 in Aylesbury. Temporary light still up for the water main work near two Berrylands, but that's looking fine on the speed sensors. And on the train departure boards, we have no reported problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 
Right, 6.17 or thereabouts. It's Tuesday the 21st of May. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton police are still hunting a gunman who left a 27-year-old man with serious injuries yesterday. At least 50 people have died after a tornado devastated parts of Oklahoma City in the United States. In sport, it's been confirmed that Jose Mourinho is leaving Real Madrid at the end of the season. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks dry with sunny spells. Top temperature of 15 degrees. Coming up before 6.30, we'll be talking to a man about his garden. Yes, Adam Walcott from Hertfordshire is uh, entering into the Chelsea Flower Show this year. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. This afternoon, gardening is at the heart of BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll be live at the Chelsea Flower Show bringing you a flavour from one of the nation's favourite events. Nick Coffer. 2013 marks 100 years since the celebration of all things green began and I'll be talking bulbs, shrubs, stems and petals with some of our local gardeners and charities displaying their work. Nick Coffer. Live from the Chelsea Flower Show today from midday on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Now, last week, the gardener, author, writer, broadcaster, and let's be honest, slight irritant, Alan Titchmarsh, said he was worried that people are going off gardening. Well, no one told the people who've got tickets for Chelsea. It's celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. The event is well underway, and many gardeners from the three counties are hoping for an elusive gold, including Walcott and Smith from Hertfordshire. Well, I'm joined by Adam Walcott. Now, good morning, Adam. Hi there, good morning. Uh, y- y- yes, tell me about your garden. Uh, well, it's built uh, and sponsored by the NSPCC, um, and it's a garden that we've built, not necessarily for children of today, but to remind adults of today of, of their childhood from sort of yesteryear, to be honest. So we've got lots of um, things in the conkers on strings. We've got a tree house. We've got a little pond with rubber ducks floating on it. Um, just all sorts of things, uh, different sort of planting that reminds adults today of childhood. So really a, a garden that takes people back um, to, you know, to sort of their, you know, hopefully, their ideal childhood. Adam, you have, uh, you, as you say, rubber ducks and, and conkers on strings. Have you got any flowers in there? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've got foxgloves, for example. I, I remember foxgloves, you know, very, very strongly as a child. We've got bluebells. Oh, so uh, the bluebells. I'm glad you said bluebells. Bluebells are greatly underrated, I think. Yeah, well, bluebells, we've got dandelions, even things like dandelions, oh. daisies, buttercups. Hang on a minute, this um, is just an unmown lawn you're taking there, Adam. This is, this is my back <laughs> garden you've got. Yeah, but, I mean, again, if you think back to being a child, I mean, for example, um, I remember, you know, people used to pick buttercups and, and put them under your chin, and um, and if it sort of, you know, reflected a little yellow patch under your chin, it meant you like butter, for example. And um, and then there was things like making daisy chains, and uh, we've even got an apple tree as well, which is in full flower at the moment, and that sort of remind people of the fact that, you know, we used to go scrumping as kids and, uh, you know, and, and pick apples that we shouldn't have picked, but... So, lots of things, really, to just take you back. Uh, you, you, now, what are you up for? What are you, does it have categories, the Chelsea Flower Show? Uh, yeah, well, we're in what's called the artisan section in Randler Gardens at Chelsea, Ooh. which is a really, really nice sort of little backwater at, at Chelsea. Yeah. A lovely sort of tree-lined um, sort of avenue. Um, so, yeah, we're in the artisan section, and we'll find out, um, well, most people will, if they look on the internet from 7.30 today, um, what, what sort of medal we've achieved. Is that 7.30 um, this morning or 7.30 this is. evening? Oh, we'll, we'll, no, we'll, the, the, this morning. Oh, we'll find out. We'll find yeah. out. We'll announce it live on air. 
Yeah, well, John and I will be turning our phone off after, after uh, we're speaking to you because we don't no, actually we like to know until we're Morning. presented with the medal live. So, what time do you get that live then? Uh, well, it could be around about sort of eight o'clock or oh, so, um, okay. thereabouts. So we just, you know, we just stand there rather nervously and um, and just wait for the. Do many the, celebrities? The do many celebrities go to the Chelsea Flower Show? Adam, who have you loads seen? Loads and loads and loads. And, and funny enough, you should say that what we actually did yesterday, we had a space hopper, you know, a nineteen seventy space hopper in our garden. And we went round Chelsea yesterday and, and got loads and loads of celebrities to sign the space hopper oh. that's then going to be auctioned by the NSPCC. And even Ringo Starr signed it. And he Ringo he Starr signed it? He did, he, and he said that's the first thing yeah. he's done in three years. Yeah, he, so wouldn't, we he, wouldn't were, sign, he wouldn't sign my copy of Sergeant Pepper when I saw him a couple of years ago. <laughs> well, we were over the moon. So uh, And, and, and uh, um, Sophie Countess of uh, Wessex as well, so... Um, you know, lots, lots and lots of people actually um, signed it, so we were really, really over the moon. And who are you auctioning that for, Adam? Uh, for the NSPCC. Well, good for you. That's an, an excellent charity to be supporting. Uh, do, do you enter it every year, Adam, or is this your first time? Uh, no, this is our fifth year. We were there in 2006, seven and eight, yep. and last year, so this is our fifth year this year. And, and it's a really important year because it's the 100th anniversary of the Chelsea Flower Show, so it's really good to be there this year. And have you won things in the past? Yeah, we previously we won three golds. Oh, um, oh listen to you! Uh, <laughs> well done! And, and a silver, and we've won a couple of um, RHS BBC People's Awards, and we won Best Courtyard Garden. How are you year, feeling so. this year, Adam? Are you feeling confident? Can you oh, do it? Uh, you know, we, we're just kind of just, we, we'll see. You know, what will be, will be. So we're just, um, we're just sort of quietly anticipating the next couple of hours and just keeping our fingers crossed. Well, Adam, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. We'll, uh, we won't be calling you, because you'll sw- you switch your phone off now, sir. Switch it off. Uh, but we'll find out about half past seven if indeed Adam has won and what he's won. That's Adam Walcott, who's uh, 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 displaying at the Chelsea Flower Show. And BBC Three Counties Radio is at the Chelsea Flower Show today from 12. Nick Coffer will uh, keep you updated on how Adam and other entrants from Beds, Hearts and Bucks get on. It's bringing me out the dark Finally I can see you crystal clear Go ahead and sell me out And I'll lay your bitch bare See how I'll leave with every piece of you Don't underestimate the things that I will do There's a fire starting in my heart Reaching a fever pitch And it's bringing me out the dark
Ringo Starr doing at the Chelsea Flower Show. Well done for getting a Ringo autograph. He don't do it. I interviewed Ringo a few years ago and I'm thoroughly excited. I'd never met a Beatle before. And uh, it, it, very cool because he came in and he pointed at me and went, I know you. Oh, yes, a Beatle knew me. He'd seen me on this morning that morning. It wasn't anything that cool. But the uh, interview was going very well. Uh, and then I, I pulled out, it, was, it wasn't Sergeant Pepper, it was the White Album. I pulled out my copy of the White Album and said, Ringo, any chance of a signature? No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm sat next to you, man. I've got a Sharpie and I've got a CD. Just sign it. No, don't do that. Doesn't shake hands either. Because uh, he doesn't want to catch the lurgy. So you have to tap elbows with Ringo Starr. You tap, yeah, you tap Ringo Starr's elbow. Fair play, he's, he's 73 or something. He looked good for it. I mean, you would do if you're a multi-millionaire ex-alcoholic. You would look quite good for it. But he's, he's very... Ringo Starr, Beatle. Uh, quick look at some of the front pages, shall we? Oh! No, let's not, because the news on two of the front pages, I just realised, is that Arrested Development is coming back. You ever watch that? Oh, it's, a, it's one of the funniest TV shows of all time. Where are we? Page 38 and 39 of the tele- uh, The Independent. Arrested Development is back. The cult TV sitcom returns to our screens after seven years away. I may just shut up shop now. With, today is a good, new, good news day. Arrested Development's being announced. The new Xbox being announced. Oh, I'm going home early. I'm going to go home early and lock myself in a, in a room with the internet and just read geeky stuff. Uh, the Independent. Top A&E doctors warn we cannot guarantee safe care. Patients at risk from toxic overcrowding, says heads of 20 emergency departments. And uh, there is a picture of a gentleman who's obviously been beaten up with the headline, Stay Down Faggot. As MPs squabble over gay marriage, is this, this the true face of tolerance in Britain? I'm assuming that gentleman's been beaten up because of his, uh, his sexual uh, choices, which is, is always a terrible, terrible thing. The Guardian. Uh, Labour saves Cameron's gay marriage. Billy, he got through. Ah, oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Oh, those gay people might be allowed to marry now. Oh, no. Oh, we wanted to stop them being in love and being married. It might be happening now. Good. Uh, and there's a, a picture of a young child being uh, rescued from a collapsed building in Oklahoma. Um, and let's do uh, one more, shall we? Yes, the Times. There are some gnomes. Um, and one of them is, is the uh, tedious Alan Titchmarsh. He is, if you've ever met him, I mean, really. Uh, and gay marriage revolt drives Cameron into Labour arms. PM pleads with Miliband to rescue Bill from wreckers. David Cameron stoked Tory anger last night after he struck an 11th hour deal with Labour to save his divisive yet incredibly sensible gay marriage plans. Oh no, those gays are going to be able to marry! Oh no, that, that ruins the meaning of my marriage. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things still looking pretty decent out there. Speed sensors showing, well, a little bit of traffic starting to build in Dunstable and it's looking slow as you come off the end of the M40 and in toward London. Round Uxbridge is looking a little bit slow, I think mainly on the roundabout underneath the junction there. Everything moving fine, though, along the M1. We've got no delays past Milton Keynes at present. In and out of Bedford, things are looking good. Roadworks, though, still ongoing. In Fenny Stratford, near to Milton Keynes on the A5, we've got the Little Chef roundabout. They're doing the works to add traffic lights there not really causing a delay. On the trains we've got a good start to the day as well with everything completely running to timetable and no issues for the tubes if you're going into London either. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Adam. 6.30, let's get the news and sport now. Here's Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
hunting a gunman who left a 27-year-old man with serious injuries yesterday. At least 50 people have died after a tornado devastated parts of Oklahoma City in the United States. And a diabetic who lost control of his car in Bedford after suffering a hypoglycemic attack has been jailed for six months. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been confirmed that Jose Mourinho is leaving Real Madrid at the end of the season. The Spanish club announced his departure by mutual consent last night. Mourinho's been strongly linked with a return to his former club, Chelsea, next season. And the England manager, Roy Hodgson, says he'll be welcomed back to the Premier League. He's very popular and uh, did a wonderful job last time he was here. And I'm sure the, the people, especially the media people, will be very pleased to see him. And whichever club happens to get him as a manager, we're very glad to have him there. Sir Alex Ferguson's been named Manager of the Year at the League Managers Association Awards in London. It's the fourth time the outgoing Manchester United boss has been honoured with the award. Luton Town are releasing six more players, defenders Greg Taylor and Wayne Thomas, midfielders James Dance, James Dance and Adam Watkins, and two young professionals, Lewis Kidd and Alassane Ann. Yesterday, the Hatters signed Histon duo Jim Stevenson and Danny Fitzsimmons. The MK Dons manager Carl Robinson's meeting his agent today to discuss his future. Robinson is currently firm favourite to become the next manager of Sheffield United. He's under contract to the Dons and if another club wanted him they'd have to pay compensation. The Bedford director of rugby Mike Rea says he's not worried about whether his club will be allowed to play in the Premiership if they beat Newcastle in the Championship playoff final. The Blues play the first leg against Newcastle on Thursday. The ground at Goldington Road isn't up to standard for the Premiership but uh, Rea says he's not worried about that. I'm giving it one amount of consideration to be honest because all I'm interested in at the moment is what we're doing on the pitch. Um, If we do happen to to win the competition then um, you know that'll be down to the, the, the chairman and the board of directors to decide what, where we go from there and that's your latest news and sport more from me at 7 o'clock Across Beds, Hearts and Bucks This is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio I just remember that Ringo Starr told my dad to get lost in no uncertain terms as well. Yes, he did. He used the P word. And uh, it was one of my uh, favourite stories. Now, coming up in the next 30 minutes of the show, uh, there's a badge that's been uh, sold on eBay. It's a golly, and it represents the MK Dons. Does it bother you? 08459 four double five five double five, And we'll be talking other bits and pieces as well. You can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR, or you can send me a text, 81333. Start your uh, text 3CR. Now, I don't know if you've seen the uh, footage that's caused devastation in Oklahoma. It's shocking. And we now know that about 90 people, including around 20 children, have died after it reduced streets of houses to rubble and flattened two local schools. President Obama has declared a major disaster. Dana Hurtnecki is a reporter with News 9 in Oklahoma. Earlier, she described the scene. There is a lot of devastation here and people just walking around who literally lost everything. I'm standing now right in front of the Moore Medical Center, which took a direct hit. It is uh, just totally wiped out. We talked to some people who were inside there. Amazingly, everybody was okay. They just got everybody um, into a central room, into the cafeteria. Um, The patients, everybody, they moved them in there. The doctors, they were actually thinking enough that we're going to need doctors and actually put them in a freezer because that um, is one of the safest places, and everybody survived, but this hospital is just totally devastated. Uh, Next door is a movie theater that they are now using to triage people, people walking up, deciding if they need to go to the hospital or if they can treat them here on scene. Uh, Dozens and dozens of people injured 
badly enough that they do have to go to the hospital. Others just have minor injuries, glass in their arms, scrapes, bruises, that type of thing. But that is what they're dealing with here. And it's just basically, I mean, we've used this term, but it's a war zone. There's splintered wood all over the ground, um, metal, glass, just everywhere that you want. Well, that's uh, reporter Dana Hurtnecki in Oklahoma. And later on in this show, I'll be speaking to the BBC's Gavin Lee, who'll be able to give us the latest on the devastation that's been caused by this tornado. Oopsie daisy, I thought we were... Who's moved that? Let's get that song back, shall we? Something's happened to the computer there. Let's uh, have a little bit of... It's only Texas, so it doesn't really matter that much. Nope, it won't play it. Oh, goodness gracious me. What's? Yes, I'm going to put it there. There we go. Right, let's try this, shall we? Oh, dear. Give up now. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, we know that the jobs market is a tough one at the moment and it can be even harder to find work if you have a disability. The latest government figures show that you're 65% more likely to have a job if you're not disabled. Well, later on, I'll be speaking to the deputy head of a school in Milton Keynes, which teaches children with disabilities. It's trying to make them as employable as possible. Before that, we can speak to Liz Sace, who is Chief Executive of Disability Rights UK. Morning, Liz. Good 
good morning. Liz, why are young disabled people less likely to get a job? Right, well, there's two main reasons. The first one is that young disabled people are still not as likely to have as good qualifications. What we see is, if, for example, if you, might, if you get a degree you're almost as likely as a non-disabled person to get a job. So a big thing that's really important is making sure disabled people get really good education and skills and qualifications. Why, why, sorry to interrupt this, why are they not getting such a good education normally? Well, sometimes it's simply kind of people's expectations, you know. Sometimes... Um, Sometimes either parents or, in some cases, even, dare I say it, teachers, don't give disabled people quite the same sort of high expectations. Um, and, and then young disabled people themselves start thinking, oh, you know, well, maybe I can't do that or I can't do that. Really? It, do, even, even the parents do that? Well, you, I mean, for the best of possible reasons sometimes. It's like, yes. you know, people don't want to put pressure. It's, it, you know, everybody, parents want the best for their children. But I think the message is really, you know, go for it in terms of education. But the second reason is sometimes it's really hard to get that all-important work experience. You know, when you go for a job, what the employer wants is that you've got some experience on your CV. Now, it's, it's more difficult for a young disabled person to get that work experience. Sometimes it might be something like, say you're deaf and you need an interpreter or you need some particular equipment. The government doesn't always pay for that when it's only for work experience, not for a full-time permanent job. And we really, we're pressing government to make sure that you get, you get that all-important support for work experience, because otherwise you're in a total catch-22. You know, you can't get the job because you haven't got a work, any work experience. You can't get any work experience because the employer doesn't give you the, the chance. So, so is, this, is this help out there for employers to make things easier? Yes, it really is. So there's a programme called the Access to Work programme. So if, supposing you're a small business and you want to employ somebody and let's say they do need an interpreter or some special equipment or some extra support, the Access to Work programme will, um, you just have to contact Job Centre Plus and find out about the Access to Work programme and they will put some funding in. So it's, you know, disabled young people are talented, they want to work and the message for employers is, you know, it's simple, don't be put off. This uh, Access to Work, will, will they cover all of the costs? For a small employer, they will. Right. If it's a larger company, um, there's an, they're expected to pay some of it themselves, so that's fair enough. I really. guess to a certain extent, and this isn't to justify discrimination or anything, but if, if, if I'm a small company and I employ five people and a, a young lad comes in who's, who has some form of disability, he's good for the job, but it's going to mean a little bit more extra work and I've got to do some phone calls and some emails and there's a, there's a girl who's, who's not disabled and she's not quite as good, but it just makes life easier. Can you, can you understand why some employers might go for the easy option? Well, I, I, I think that's right. But on the other hand, if you're an employer, you really want the best person for the job, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And, you know, you, you wouldn't really say, I've got two people here and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, cut out half my choices um, and also it isn't that complicated I think when you haven't done it before you think oh what's this going to involve or you're not even quite sure how somebody maybe who's got a sight impairment could do the job mm. but the truth is that young disabled people can do jobs really well and uh, you know and sometimes they just need a bit of adjustment or support but it's straightforward and there's help available. Is there anything that uh, uh, young disabled people could do to make themselves more employable? 
I think the main thing is try and get that work experience. So, you know, um, sometimes employers don't advertise their jobs, but if you've got any networks, use your networks, put yourself forward, use any means you can to get work experience. That is what, just some experience in the workplace, that's what employers most value. Liz, I appreciate your time. Liz Hayes, Chief Executive of Disability Rights UK. Well, if you are disabled, and uh, who knows what that means these days. How easy have you found it to get a job? Have you been discriminated against because you turned up and you're in a wheelchair and they went, oh, ah, well, do, do you fancy doing the interview in the car park? Or, or you were blind and they're, well, yeah, we may find you struggling with this. How easy have you found it to get a job if you're disabled? 08459 555555. to laugh and when the sun is out I've got something I can laugh about I feel good in a special way I'm in love and it's a sunny day Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine We take a walk the sun is shining down Burns my feet as they touch the ground Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Then we lie Beneath the shady tree I love her and she's loving me She feels good She knows she's looking fine I'm so proud to know that she is mine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine There's a band. The Beatles? Huh? Come on, Doors, that's what you wanted to be. You just couldn't pull it off. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things still looking excellent on the major routes across the three counties. Checking the M25 on the cameras and if you're heading for the motorway now, it is moving pretty well. Uh, through the roadwork section looking a little bit slow as you come from Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey through to Junction 25 for the A10 anti-clockwise. So that is quite busy in the minute in the Holmesdale Tunnel. But apart from that, we're not doing too badly at all. M1 and A1M are looking fine and the M40 is looking clear on the cameras as well. Roadworks in Willington, the A603 Bedford Road has water main work at the minute. That means temporary traffic lights up and they did cause delays a few mornings ago. And the A602 in Sacom, Ware Road, we've got temporary lights for telecoms work near to Sacom Pound. Trains looking good if you're heading for London. Tubes looking good as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 
Right, 6.46, it's Tuesday the 21st of May. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton police are still hunting a gunman who left a 27-year-old man with serious injuries yesterday. At least 50 people have died after a tornado devastated parts of Oklahoma City in the United States. I think there's up to 90 people now. In sport, Real Madrid have announced Jose Mourinho will be leaving at the end of the season. He's widely tipped for a move to England. Coming up, a golly badge supporting the MK Dons has been sold on an internet auction site, eBay. Is it ever acceptable to own a golly? We'll talk more about it before 7 o'clock. 08459 555. Before that, let's get the latest weather with Lara Lewington. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, a mostly dry day lights that lies ahead and it will be becoming brighter later as well. This morning, some patchy light rain around and a bit of drizzle before we see any of that sunshine. But gradually, as the cloud clears, it will be leaving way for a more pleasant afternoon. Although having said that, by this evening, the odd isolated shower making a comeback. Those temperatures up to about 19 degrees. Come tonight, any isolated showers should be clearing away. Overnight, a fair bit of cloud cover, but nothing too eventful taking place those temperatures down to about eight degrees and tomorrow well don't get too used to the dry weather that kicks off the day because we could see the odd shower once again thank you very much on sunday it's the luton international carnival and with bbc three counties radio it'll be like you're right there I'll be bringing you all the flavour, atmosphere and music from Luton's flagship event. We'll be in the parade and in the crowd. Plus, we'll be hosting the main stage in Wardown Park. So come down and see us or listen live right here. Luton International Carnival, Sunday from midday on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, is it ever acceptable to own a golly? I used to have one when I was a little boy, and I used to have those little Robinsons uh, badges. Well, a badge showing a golly holding an MK Dons flag is being sold to football fans. It was up for sale on eBay for 99p. The story was picked up by MK Webb, and even though the flag clearly says MK Dons, the golly is wearing the old Wimbledon colours of yellow and blue. Well, the club gave us this statement. We are extremely extremely disappointed to see the club's name associated with this particular item. We would like to reassure both our supporters and the general public that the item is not part of the club's official merchandise range, nor has it ever been endorsed by us. We will be reporting the matter to trading standards. If any item worn at a match has caused offence to supporters, we would encourage them to report it to the nearest steward. We would then take further action as appropriate. Well, Justin Dealey has been out and about getting uh, people's opinions. Justin, you've been speaking to people. What's been the general kind of vibe? Well, I'm kind of fascinated how a golly has got anything to do with Milton Keynes Dons. Um, That's the first thing. But um, I have been speaking to members of the black community. I showed them a picture of this badge and I asked them if they were offended by it. And this is what they said. I think the powers that be need to look into that. To my mind, it just shows the mentality of those that promote that sort of thing. It's... 2013 times have moved on and people should take a stand and say what they mean and that should not be posted anywhere in the general public do not do that it's disgusting well it's uh, i don't know i grew up in the time where they had the robinson's yeah. jam and that was on it but i know i don't look like that so so you would be happy if you saw something no i wouldn't badge. i wouldn't be happy seeing that either no no not at all no it doesn't offend me it probably offend others, but it doesn't offend me. 
Madam, this would offend you greatly. Can you tell us why? Because it's a picture of a black gollywog, and that signifies a racial comment to me, personally. So if you saw somebody wearing that badge, you would think straight away they're a racist? Yes, I would, because that's what it, it, it signifies to me. Yes, well, with all the football um, racial taunts against black um, players, I find that quite offensive. And why would they bring a gollywog picture that's already been banned? That's a banned um, motif there, and I don't see why they're bringing that back. And I would find that very, very offensive, and that's offensive to the black players. When you see that badge, sir, how does that make you feel? Have a good laugh. I seen it for a long while, the gollywog. It's brilliant. So you're not offended by it? No, no. What do they take it off the jars for? It'd be great. It's fascinating hear you say that because I think a lot of people will presume that, that members of the black community would be really offended no. by that, but you're not. No. I, was, I was in love with the old jar, mate. Miss it, actually. <laughs> so you actually miss it? I miss it. So if you saw somebody wearing that badge, you, you clearly wouldn't stereotype as being a racist? No. I'm not offended by it, but I'm disappointed that a caricature is being used, um, caricature of a black person is being used for a sport. I mean, especially as we're trying to keep racism out of sport and football. So that I would find that, in that sense, offensive, yeah. Well, it was slightly more mixed than I was expecting it to be, Justin. Absolutely. I mean, the man there, well, when I showed him the badge, um, his face lit up. He hadn't seen a golly for years. He clearly uh, misses the golly. And for him, it was a great thing. But I still can't see the connection between a football club and a golly. I just can't get that whatsoever. Now, this story came from MK, MK News. They contacted the person selling the badge, didn't they? That's right. Uh, one of their reporters, Mal Tattersall, he contact the, uh, contacted the seller. It was on the online auction site eBay. Now, he asked him... Where whether he thought it was okay to sell such an un-PC item, he replied, well, these should be seen as football badges and nothing else, but I know what you mean, he said. Um, He also said that it wasn't just the name of the MK Dons being put to these badges. Uh, He's seen ones from other teams such as Barnet, Halifax Town and Torquay United as well. So it's not just an MK Dons thing. I'm reading some of the comments on, on Facebook. Uh, Rob says, why do people bother wasting their time moaning about something so small? Uh, the topic of today should be about tornadoes. Peter says, the average person and football fan would find the mere existence of MK Dons a lot more <laughs> offensive than a ridiculously outdated <laughs> reference to racism. Yep. Um, and Jenny says, it's just a golly. No more offensive than a white doll or whatever. My mum has a collection of m- vintage mini figurines, and they are what they are, just an ornament. J- I'm I'm torn by this, Justin. Mm, I mean, I, some people are as well. I, I I don't know if it is that offensive because it's obviously it's not a black person that it's representing to me. Well, that's what that lady said in the piece. She yeah. said, you know, when I see a golly, it looks nothing like me. Um, but of course, to uh, to members of the black community, the history of the golly and what that may represent is offensive to them. Um, the reporter from from the local paper he also contacted Kick It Out. Um, they of course trying to to kick racism out of football. Um, they said that they had seen the badges and they said from time to time these things do crop up. But of course, Milton Keynes Dons as a club they have distanced themselves from this. They are not selling these badges. It's an online seller. Some people get very very upset about it, and you 
you've heard there in that piece, if somebody saw somebody wearing a badge like that, quite a lot of people would automatically stereotype that mm. person as being a racist straight away. Let's put this out there. Are you offended, black or white, uh, by the golly? And notice how we've changed the word over the yeah. last 25 <laughs> years? We have. We, 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 you know, when people were saying it then, we're not particularly allowed to say it. Mm. I, I can't say it. it. But no. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Black or white, whatever you are. Are you offended by the golly? I'm not completely convinced it's the horrific racist symbol that people uh, maybe perceive it to be. Mm. It's oh, going to be an interesting oh, one. Wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Very quickly, just in thirty seconds. Ray Manzarek of the Doors passed away. The keyboard player, of course, yeah. hits such as "Touch Me," oh, "Light yeah. My Fire," "Riders on the Storm." Oh yeah, they were rubbish, weren't they? <laughs> Pretentious, <laughs> overblown blues nonsense. No, you are talking nonsense there. When it comes to the Doors, fantastic band. Uh, my partner hates me listening to the Doors because sometimes their music makes me utterly depressed. But on the flip side of that, she quite enjoys it because some of their songs make me feel very, very sexy. Like "Touch Me." When I hear that, I turn into Something else. On yes. storm, like a duck without a bone, an actor out for goodness sake. Listen to the end in a dark room. Yeah, and then and make sure you've hidden all your knives and your blades, for goodness sakes. It's awful. Justin Daly, thank you very much indeed. You can call in about the doors, or you can call in about gollies. Do you find them offensive? I, I, I'm torn on this one. Me being a lefty liberal as well, I'm not sure if the gollies as offensive as perhaps we're led to believe. Prove me wrong. 08459 455555 or text 81333. Start your text 3CR.
So, is the goalie offensive? Yes or no? I don't know. Normally on these kind of things, I have quite a, a definite viewpoint. I'm not that... I'm not that sure, really. There are more offensive things, aren't there? 08459 455 555. Do you find the golly offensive? If you're black or white, um, it doesn't matter to, uh, to me. I don't see colour. Well, maybe I do. No, I don't. Uh, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We have a picture of the badge uh, on the Facebook page. Have a look. Let me know. Is it offensive? When I had one as a little boy, I didn't think it was a black person. I just thought it was a, it was a doll. It, it went with Teddy the Badger and Scruff. You know, it was just part of the gang. 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things starting to slow, definitely on the M25. First off, anti-clockwise, as you come from Essex, Waltham Abbey Junction 26 into or Junction 25 at Enfield, the A10. Looking at the cameras around there, a little bit of a queue building in the Homesdale Tunnel. Nothing too bad, though. Uh, it eases off a bit, and then it gets slow from the M1 at Junction 21 round to Junction 20 for the A41, and slow again from Maple Cross to the M40 Junction 17 and 16. M40's running fine, though. A1M, a little bit busy, maybe, as you go past Stevenage. A5 into and out of Dunstables, looking a little slow, mainly between the A505 junctions, and it's also a little bit busy as you come in toward Bletchley on the A421, so that's on the eastbound side. Trains looking fine, we've got no delays at all, and if you're heading for London, tubes are running with a good service. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Well, it started on Twitter already. Scott has tweeted me, Are you saying the golly isn't offensive? All right, Nick Ferrari. Well, Scott, offensive has a V in it, not an F, so thank you there. 08459 455 555. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, police hunt Luton gunman, 90 dead in Oklahoma and plans for doctor's league table. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton police are still hunting a gunman who left a 27-year-old man with serious injuries yesterday. Detectives aren't linking what happened in Leicester Road to the recent spate of gang-related violence in the town. But Superintendent Dave Boyle says they're determined to catch the offender. Bedfordshire Police uh, has a solid stance on gun crime and we don't tolerate these type of offences being committed in Luton or in wider Bedfordshire. A devastating mile-wide tornado has hit an area of Oklahoma City in the United States. So far, more than 90 people have been confirmed dead, many of them children. More than 100 people are missing and scores have been injured. The storm ripped through the suburb of Moore, damaging and destroying homes and schools, sweeping lorries off bridges and throwing cars around in the streets. Gary Knight of Oklahoma City Police says the winds had reached around 200 miles an hour. This is a devastatingly bad storm. Uh, people in this part of the country are, are used to tornadoes, but uh, this is a tornado on a magnitude that's rarely seen. This is an EF5 tornado, which happens about once a year in the United States. And uh, unfortunately, it, it hit here today in a very populated area. And I'm afraid that casualty count is only going to climb. 
A 27-year-old man has been jailed for life for the murder of a van driver from Luton. Mohammed Salim Khan's body was found slumped behind the wheel of his vehicle in North Yorkshire last September. The court heard James Brabs had stabbed the 36-year-old in the neck as he attempted to rob him. Brabs will now serve a minimum of 29 years before he's considered for release. Family doctors in England could face a tougher scrutiny in the future. The Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt wants to create a rating system like the one used by Ofsted in assessing the performance of schools. MK Dons are threatening to take action against anyone selling offensive memorabilia with their name on it. This comes after a badge of a golly holding a Dons flag was put up for sale on an internet auction site. Ray Manzarek of The Doors has died of cancer. He was 74. His keyboard playing with its mixture of jazz and classical echoes contributed to the distinctive sound of many of the group's classic tracks, such as Riders on the Storm and Light My Fire. For goodness sakes, make it end. Make this tedious nonsense end. It's the news. This is going on for way too long, Catherine. He's doing his thing. Yeah, I know, and it's awful noodling away. Carry on. In sport, Real Madrid say manager Jose Mourinho is leaving the club at the end of the season by mutual consent. Mourinho's being linked with a move back to his former club, Chelsea. The weather? Dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news, sport and keyboard solos online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Grow up. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, and Ray Manzarek was a pioneer. The keyboard player from The Doors has passed away. 74, I think, or 73. He was a pioneer, but, but, but... In the great scheme of things, The Doors will be long forgotten when the Beatles and the Monkeys and the Beach Boys are, 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 are still flying their flags. Terrible band, absolutely awful band. And don't get me started on Jimi Hendrix. Oh, look, I can play the guitar with my teeth. Look at me, I'm doing a wee-wee on my guitar. Grow up, Jimmy. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about between now and nine o'clock, including after a tenth shooting in Luton, we'll be speaking to our reporter Justin Dealey, who's spoken to residents who say they no longer feel safe. Well, community leader Sandra Glenn will be coming on the show. She says, don't worry, but I have to ask, do you feel safe in Luton? And a golly badge supporting the MK Dons has been sold on eBay. The badge uh, has nothing to do with the club. I want to know, if it, is it ever acceptable to own a golly? I'm not convinced either way on this one. I used to own a golly as a lad. and I never made the connection between that and black people. It was just one of my toys. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. One of the worst storms in years has hit a suburb at Oklahoma City in the United States. The two-and-a-quarter-mile-wide tornado ripped through the suburb of Moore. Uh, 90 are dead at the moment, 20 of them children, another two dozen children are missing. Hospitals are treating scores of injured. Many homes were damaged or destroyed. Cars were thrown around in the streets. While the authorities have described the damage as horrific and devastating, Paula Wade saw the tornado approaching while she was at work in Moore and was able to take shelter. A few miles away, you could just see the this big black wide cloud that was um, 
just gaining in mass. We were directly east of it and it was heading our way. And we were watching it from about two to three miles away. And we could see that it was getting larger. And when it got a lot closer, when we we could see debris spinning around it and then rain started coming down, we took shelter because we knew that it was going to be big, that it was going to be mm. um, a massive, massive yeah. tornado coming towards us. Well, Ray Peverell from Milton Keynes is from Toro, the Tornado and Storm Research Organization. Morning, Ray. Morning. Uh, Ray, am I correct in saying you've, you've spent time in Oklahoma? I, I have been over there chasing a couple of times, yes. You, you, you're one of these people that goes and chases these things? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. What, do what do you hope to learn from chasing them? Well, it's, it's, it's the sight, the spectacle. I mean, this well, I, I've just just heard about the casualties from you this morning. I mean, it's absolutely tragic. You know, we don't go there because of um, the chance of seeing this sort of thing. We go to see the, the fantastic weather, you know, the, the, the supercell thunderstorms over there. They're, they're unbelievable. This um, is being re- reported as being a, a two and a quarter miles wide. Is, th- is that a particularly big one? That's that's extreme. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely extreme. It's, the, it's about as big as it gets. And how do tornadoes happen? What what circumstances do there need to be for a tornado to be created? Well, you have to have um, different weather masses coming together, and you, the, then then the um, the air mass starts to rotate. You need to have high humidity. Um, it, it's unique almost to the to the um, to the states, the um, the plains. Um, tornado Alley, they call it. That's that's where these these things come together. You can get them in other parts of the world. You can even get tornadoes in the UK, but not not on that scale. So this area is prone to them, then. It is definitely yeah. The whole area. There's several states right down the middle of of, of America, the Midwest. Do they have some something in place then to protect themselves when it happens? Uh, well, the people who've got the money over there, which is not everybody, um, they build tornado shelters into their houses. I mean, you, in the days of the Cold War, Cold War, you would have fallout shelters or, you know, to get down if there was a nuclear attack, and these, these um, shelters are exactly the same. They're built on the same scale. So this is, what, a, a concrete bunker underground yep. stocked yep. up with, with food and water? Yep, and the idea is uh, you've got a breathing tube as well, so if you get buried, which a lot of people are buried, I believe, at the moment... Um, they would dig them out eventually, hopefully still alive. Gosh, I suppose that's part of the problem, isn't it? If you're, if you're in your, your uh, tornado shelter and then your house collapses on you, you could yeah. be stuck under there for quite a time, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you know, but you can survive. Unfortunately, so many people die because um, the poor people don't have the money to build these things. They're in their their mobile homes or in, in the open. Of course, when this happens, they just get, get um, you know, that they've had it. They've got no chance at all. In these shelters, do, do they have walkie-talkies or phones or something so they can ring the, the police and say... I'm number 72, I'm, I'm in the back garden. Well, it wouldn't work, would it, what's happened in, in Moore, because there there must be loads of people mm. still buried and the roads are just covered with rubble and power lines are down. The emergency services can't get in there. I mean, it probably has to go in on foot or, on foot or get sort of um, vehicles to clear the roads. So, I mean, I suppose people have got mobile phones over their cell phones and they just... They would, they would just say, yeah, we're trapped. But, I mean, there must be a lot of people there trying to get out now, as, as it said on the report, I believe. How terrifying. Well, and, and these, of course, are, are the wealthier people that have got these mm. these shelters. What does everyone else do? Just just hide under a table and hope for the best? 
Well, yeah, that's what they say. They say uh, if you haven't got a shelter, get into the smallest room in the middle of the house that you can, uh, possibly under your stairs, um, and just, you know, or perhaps get in the bath and cover yourself with blankets because when you get these tornadoes, the the debris that circulates, that spins around, it, it's, it's doing hundreds of miles an hour, and, I mean, it, it will just go straight through you. I mean, the, there's photographs of um, four by two planks of wood sort of embedded into the ground, about five foot into the ground. I mean, even a straw, literally a straw, becomes a, a, a bullet. I mean, it can go straight into you. And sorry, the, the, the advice is go into the bath and cover yourself with a blanket yeah 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 i know but you see a bath is a, is a hard is yeah. a hard shelter it's if you get in a bath you you're, you're protected on on three sides and then put a blanket over you because you you, you need a, a suit of armor i guess so if anything this debris that is, is flying around it anything small will it will literally become a bullet did we know this tornado was coming ray uh, yeah, it was forecasted for days ahead, but the thing is you don't know exactly when all they do. They're, they're very organised. You get a tornado warning, which is will come on the um, on the television. Your radio programmes um, would all be interrupted, such as Three Counties Radio. Siren would go off, and it would say, tornado approaching a whatever area, um, take shelter now. Um, they get a few minutes, you know, several minutes, maybe 20 minutes. But, um, so this this school was destroyed. I mean, I've just woken up to this. I was watching it last night, but I didn't know about casualties. Mm. But I had uh, no idea so many people killed. It's absolutely tragic. Well, it's, it's 90 dead at the moment, 20 of them children, and probably going to be a lot more. Ray Preveral from uh, Toro, the Tornado and Storm Research Organisation. Thank you very much. I was in Japan once when they had their biggest tornado they had in about 30 years. And I was sat in this on this island... Uh, watching the the news and the weather, couldn't understand a word of it. The weather flashed up and the, the map of Japan, and it started flashing red. Thought, hang on a second, what's this? And the guy was chatting away in Japanese, and the only phrase I picked up was "danger, danger, super tornado." When you hear those words, I called to my wife. I, th- I think we may be in trouble here, and it was flashing on the area we were at. We just managed to get out in time. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Right. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the phone number to give us a call, and we're asking this morning, uh, gollies, do you find them uh, offensive? A a Milton Keynes Don's badge, not connected with the club, but uh, featuring a golly, has, has sold for a whole 99 pence on eBay. Um, do you find them offensive? Met is in Luton. Morning, Met. Oh, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Do you find gollies offensive? Um, yes, obviously I do, because um, the whole continent of uh, a gollywog was um, produced way back in, I can't remember when they were first originally made, and it depicted what their views were, were of uh, black people, because obviously back in the day we had the black and white minstrel show. Yes, I've so enough we to know, that, yes. So, yeah, so I might, sad to say. Mm. So you remember where the gollywog originated from, and today in society, the sad thing is, is that if we allow people to um, not even understand the history of what they're wearing, then it brings it right back to the forefront. Now, any Caucasian person may say, well, I don't find it offensive, and they mm. wouldn't, because their children and I, whose um, history of this grew up being called a gollywog in school and I'd hate to think that that would be coming back into our society today when we see the footballers making um, 
Hitler signed. We know that is a tribute to the Jews. So there's a lot of things that we've done away with yes. because history has taught us that this is not the way that we should be treating each other. So when you're when somebody mentioned that, well, they have white dolls and you know Caucasian women are offended by that. Caucasian women aren't called white dollies. You know, the majority of the market is flooded with white dollies. But when you bring a black gollywog in, we know exactly what that means. And they are calling and attributing that to black people. So it is offensive. And I'm glad that the Football um, Association isn't um, attached to this because I'd be very, very concerned. Because as you can see, you go to Italy, our players are being called monkeys and God knows whatever else. So bringing this back into the forefront will only fuel even more racism. And our community is just can't deal with it anymore. You, you, you say that oh, because you're, you're a black woman, you're obviously offended uh, uh, by this. Our reporter Justin spoke to some black uh, people earlier on in the show, and it was mixed. Half of them well, didn't he, find it offensive. Well, he spoke to one black guy, I believe I heard, who said that he wasn't offensive. Now, the thing is, the, the reason why he may not think it's offensive is because he's mixed in a society where he feels quite comfortable within his society, and maybe he mixes with enough people that they don't look at racism the way there is. But the fact of the matter is, it still stands. Racism is racism. And our children are being taught it in school already, and we don't want any more more um, negative images coming back to them. Even when the rappers are calling each other nigger, okay, that this, is still an offence. I know we're just using the language, we just have to be a little bit careful because there are, I, I don't want to offend anybody and some people might well, be offended. Well, well no. if you don't want to offend anybody, the no. Bollywood is offending people, no, so if, met, if we're met, saying that met, that is met, offensive... Yellow card, yeah. met, yellow card, don't use the M-word, okay? That's a yellow okay. card. But then we shouldn't be using the gollywog because it well, means we're, the exact we're not, same you thing. Are. You, we're not. You are. We're using the word golly. I used to have a golly yeah. as a young lad. I didn't associate. Oh, so, it, I didn't so, associate. So because we now call it golly, it's okay. No, it, no, Met, can't Met, calm down. I used to have a golly as a young lad, and I never made the connection until years, years later that it was supposed to be a black person. It was just one yeah. of my teddies. It went with Teddy yeah. the Badger and Scruff, and, and that yeah. was it. It was part of my gang. Yeah. Can, can I just ask you a question? Do you could know you, where the you, word? Do you know where the original word Negro comes from? Could you could what you is, respond to what I just said though? Yeah, but I, I want to show you something though. Well, no, we haven't in, got much time. A, okay. We well, when got, you grew up, you yes. had a little uh, gollywog, which was yes. a doll, yes. which which you didn't think yes. attributed to anybody else or any other race until it was the first person that said, "Wait a minute." That looks like that little black boy over there, it or that little black girl. And that's when it becomes part of the society. Does it though? It doesn't. Black people don't look like that. It doesn't look like a black. So then, why would they say um, and try to um, discriminate people by saying? Um, as you can hear them in the football pitches, and they're calling the black players monkeys and making monkey well, noises. Do black people look like monkeys? No. No, we, we have to end it there because we're running out of time. I hope you feel you, you had your say. I think those two things are slightly disconnected. But uh, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Met very offended by uh, by golly and uh, uh, by golly indeed. Uh, are you offended by them? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And yes, uh, the the N word may have slipped out. It was part of the a healthy and lively debate. If you were offended by that, you have my apologies. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
quick check on the cameras across the three counties this morning and so far everything looking pretty good. M40 is looking all right, a little bit slow as you come off the exit slip right onto the M25 and maybe a little bit busy as you get from Beaconsfield down toward the M25 but generally it's looking all right. Anti-clockwise, the M25, there are queues from Waltham Abbey in toward Enfield. It's looking busy around there. It's also looking quite slow from the M1 to the A41 and from Maple Cross down to the M40. M1 southbound, a bit of traffic building from Luton Airport through to Redbourne, junctions 10 to 9. In Enfield, the A10 is looking slow from Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road and the A1 starting to queue into London as well from Stirling Corner through to Apex Corner. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Speaks in 15 minutes. Right, 7.17, it's Tuesday the 21st uh, of May, I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A tornado has hit an area of Oklahoma City in the United States, killing at least 90 people. Luton police are hunting a gunman who left a 27-year-old man with serious injuries in Leicester Road yesterday. In sport, Jose Mourinho, who's being heavily linked with a return to Chelsea, has left Real Madrid by mutual consent. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees. Oh, excuse me, windy pops at breakfast. Who'd have thunk it? Coming up, we know that the jobs market is a tough one at the moment and it can be even harder to find work if you have a disability. We'll find out more before 7.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. I've always loved being a comedian because it's my job, so I'm going to keep doing that. I was voted Japan's number one male vocalist of the year, and I beat out Frank Sinatra. How's that? <laughs> Expert advice. It does sound like it's a mechanical pain brought on by altered mechanics in your upper limb. Your capital's protected because I'm guessing what you don't want to do is take any risks with the capital itself. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 555. Now, we know that the jobs market is a tough one. You're, you're possibly struggling to find work yourself. Well, it can be even harder if you have a disability. The latest government figures shows that you're 65% more likely to have a job if you're not disabled. Well, a school in Milton Keynes, which teaches children with disabilities, is trying to make its pupils as employable as possible. Uh, I'll be speaking to uh, Abby Martin, the assistant head at Slated Road School in Wolver- Wolverton and Milton Keynes in just a few minutes, hopefully. Uh, no, we're not. Okay, so we'll speak to uh, we'll speak to uh, Abby now. Good morning, Abby. Good morning. Sorry about that, Abby. We were going to go to a clip, and the clip mysteriously disappeared. That's okay. <laughs> uh, now you are uh, the he- uh, assistant head at Slated Road School in w- uh, Wolverton. Uh, you're doing as much as you can with your pupils. Uh, how are you helping young disabled people be- become more suitable for work? Um, at the moment, um, we have uh, created a cluster group with Herod College in Coventry, Warwickshire College in Rugby and Round Oak Special School in um, Leamington Spa. And we're working with ALSIS, the Learning and Skills Improvement Service, um, in response to the Government Green Paper on Special Educational Needs. And this um, Wednesday, the 22nd of May, our students have organised um, um, themselves to showcase their skills and their talents along with examples of how employers are successfully working with them um, to, um, to, to, to show how great they are really um, and, uh, what, disab- and what disabilities are you working with? Um, um, 
Well, Slated Row School is a school for children with moderate learning difficulties, but there are also those with physical needs as well. Yeah. And how are you helping them? What, what, what tools are you giving them to, so that when they walk in for a job interview, they stand a, a good chance of getting work? Um, well, we're trying to get our students' work ready, so what we do is support them in finding what could be appropriate um, work for them, interview skills. Um, we're also doing um, uh, um, helping them to discuss and through role play how to sustain jobs if situations were to happen. And in fact, we're going to make that more formalised come September because we're going to be opening a job club for our Preston past and present students. And we will also be opening it out to SEM pupils from other secondary schools where we'll be practising all those skills on a, on a weekly basis. And we're going to be working with um, CPC Youth Services on this project too. Do you think that some employers, when they, they see on someone's CV or someone walks or wheels themselves into an interview, they just think, oh, no, this, it's going to be too much hard work. I, no, I can't deal with this. Do you think that happens? I think, I think, I think it's making not just employers, but um, people aware in general, general to be a bit more disability confident. Um, and how I do think, we do that? Um, well, I mean, I think with regards to employers in particular, they could contact um, their um, local schools and colleges because um, local schools and colleges do have um, work experience opportunities for, for their pupils and are always trying to seek work experience opportunities. And um, this is... Um, and we do have a work experience programme ourselves at Slated Row, um, and this will enable the workforce to become disability confident, not just the employers, but, but there will be some, employees. There will be, listen, I think this is a cracking idea, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. There will be yeah. some small businesses that employ three, four, five people. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're there to, to make money, aren't they? They're not there to uh, to help disabled people and to help the community so what, what what incentive is there for these small companies to to take on disabled people as work experience um well the smaller companies um we we do have smaller companies working with us at slated row and the work experience um, placements are very much supported um with job coaching and um, the response that we have from, from our small employers is always extremely positive because actually our pupils do have the ability to be competent and effective um, um, employees. And um, so we've always had really, really good responses. And we're only just down the line as well. Do we miss the days of, of, of Remploy, which was a government-funded... Uh, 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 employment facility for people with disabilities do we miss remploy um i've never worked with remploy so right. i wouldn't like to i wouldn't wouldn't like to 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 say i wouldn't like to because say. a lot of people at the time said well this is you know the government should be encouraging uh, the people with disabilities to get work do you think the government could do more um i mean the government are doing more at the moment through the um sen green paper um there it's the preparation for adulthood so the government are aware that that this there are issues, and this is how the uh, the cluster group came together. It was through government funding. So the government are aware that this is is a, is an issue, um, but more can always be done.
Uh, Abby Martin, thank you very much. It's Abby Martin, the assistant head at Slated Row School in Wolverton. If you are uh, disabled, uh, whatever it may be, could you give me a call? How hard are you finding it to get work? Do you have that thing when you kind of, you, you wheel yourself into, into an interview or you walk in and say, oh, by the way, I have this. Does, does the, uh, the potential employer's face sink slightly? Oh, really? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Texts will be charged at the standard network rate. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, a badge representing Milton Keynes Dons. It's not associated with them, but, uh, well, not uh, um, deliberately anyway, uh, featuring a golly has uh, sold on eBay for a whopping 99 pence. We're asking, are gollies offensive? Well, Jeffrey's in Bracknell. Jeffrey, are gollies offensive? Uh, well, they're not aggressive. They're, they're, they're just symbolic representations of, 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 of uh, something in an artistic form. Just like the... Uh, African art that I was looking at yesterday from West Africa or from East Africa, um, produced by the indigenous populations of those areas, which gave representation to their physical form in um, sculptural wooden masks. Isn't there a difference uh, if the uh, uh, representations of black people are done by black people as opposed to, to done by white people, which, which the gollies were? They were invented, I think, about 1895 by, by a white woman. Well, she, she might have just had a commercial patent on them. <laughs> I, I would imagine sailors, uh, European sailors, touching um, African culture whenever it was back in the 16th century or maybe 15th century. Perhaps some of them have been able to draw. They would have, they would have done representations of what they saw with their own eyes, just as the, as the indigenous culture would have done representations of, of, of a foreign culture coming in. Indeed, there are um, African cultures that have dances that represent the coming of um, imperialism to their country, and, and uh, their own people dress up um, in, in, in masks with, with white faces, because, because the most noticeable thing about those two cultures when, when, when they meet is a differentiation in skin, skin colour. But the golly is a caricature, isn't it? It's a caricature of a caricature. Do you know the history of the golly? I'm not particularly interested. I don't think it's the most the most important thing that faces our society in, in contemporary well, no, 20... But, no, no, but Jeffrey, you've called in to, to talk yeah, about it, so yeah, I, yeah. I, assume, I assume you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, 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 I do. I want to talk okay. about, yeah, no, I talk well, about, I want to talk about the history, what, what is, the history yeah, of the golly. The history of the golly. Enlighten me. I will do. The history of the golly is that it uh, was made, I think, in 1895, uh, and it was based on the black and white minstrels who would who were white entertainers who would black up by burning uh, bits of um, uh, cork and smearing their faces black and singing in a black voice yes yes so does that make it any more offensive bearing in mind it's a caricature of a caricature of a black person <coughs> you mean it's an artistic expression of a in the cultural format or of, of, of something where, where where two cultures are meeting right can I ask a question? In a black and white minstrel show, were they singing about a racial extermination? Jeffrey, you know the answer to that, but you can understand... Exactly, exactly. They were singing songs that came from the black community. But how can we have had black people singing them? Well, I, know that, I know that Lenny Henry was actually in the black and white minstrels. That's a fact for you. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but white people blacking up so, 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 and so, so, singing like that, that's, yeah. that's, that is offensive. We, we, we're better than that, aren't we, now? 
Well, it's been it's, it's been it's been outruled. It's been it's it's been, you know the, the great powers that be have decided that it's so terrible and so awful that it should never be represented again. Well, no, no, but I what, don't but, think but, the great powers. Are re- I'm, I'm sure if you wanted no, to go no, and put no, on no. a black and white minstrel show, Jeffrey, you'd be able to. Well, the I just don't quite, know, I just don't quite know why you'd why you'd want to. Well, why would people want to sing as that woman? Why would why would certain members of the black community want to sing about hoes and bitches and drugs and guns? I don't quite get the connection. Because, that, well, that, no, because the, that's representative, the, that's the, representative the, the, of their life. The, 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 yeah, well, the connection is, yes. is that people have minds, they have, create, they have, they have the capacity to create, yes. they have an artistic expression. Not everyone, Geoffrey. Well, sorry, they have artistic expression, and of course, with, with hindsight, with hindsight, you can morally condemn previous forms of artistic expression because you say, oh, that wasn't acceptable. That wasn't acceptable. That wasn't right. That wasn't correct. But, 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 um, it's, it's very easy to morally pick it over the past and say that was. I mean, Henry VIII chopped off the heads of his wives, didn't he? Because yes. they wouldn't produce ma- ma- male them. And that was wrong, wasn't it? Well, yeah, in, yeah, in today's study, but we, we have abortion nowadays. I mean, is that wrong? No, but we're allowed. But it's illegally acceptable. Yes, we're allowed so, to so, look so, over. So, so, so we, can, we, we can't have we can't have artistic representations of other cultural forms through a myopic vision that doesn't quite understand them and it, it's got a historical context. But we, we we can kill our own babies. Well, it's that seems strange Jeff, to me. Jeffrey, we're going off on a slight tangent. No, 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 we're, 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 no, we're not. We're, we're going we're off on a slight tangent because we're, 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 talking about mo- we're talking about a moral approach to other human beings. No, I, no, I'm not. I'm not going into discussion about abortion, Jeffrey, because that, that's that's ridiculous. But just just to sum up, because I make sure I've got your point clear, you don't find gollies offensive. I personally don't think it's the most important thing. No, no, that's in not the, the world question. Truth. You've called in about it, so it obviously yeah. bears yeah, some no, relevance. Do because, you find, Geoffrey, we're running out of time, and I'd, yeah, I'd like yeah. you to, to get, just to clarify this before I do cut you off, which is going to happen. Do yeah. you find gollies offensive, yes or no? No. There we go. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Delays on the M1 southbound. It's looking slow at the minute from Luton to Redbourne Junction 10 to 9. M25, lots of traffic and it's building. Anti-clockwise, Waltham Abbey to Enfield through the Homesdale Tunnel looking slow. Also from the M1 to the A41 and Maple Cross to the M40. That latter stretch could take you 20 minutes to get through the traffic. A1 into London is looking busy with delays from Stirling Corner to the Watford Bypass at Apex Corner. If you're coming down the A41 around Watford, it's looking quite slow at the Dome Roundabout, and the A10 is now queuing through Chesant between College Road and the M25 at Enfield. Taking a look at the trains, and we haven't got any major issues across the three counties, whether you're heading north or down toward London, things are looking good. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. A tornado has hit an area of Oklahoma City in the United States, killing at least 90 people. Luton police are hunting a gunman who left a 27-year-old man with serious injuries in Leicester Road yesterday. And a 27-year-old man has been jailed for life for the murder of a van driver from Luton in North Yorkshire. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Real Madrid say manager Jose Mourinho is leaving the club at the end of the season by mutual consent. Mourinho is being linked with a move back to his former club, Chelsea. The Paris Saint-Germain coach Carlo Ancelotti is being touted to replace the Portuguese at the Bernabeu. 
Luton Town are releasing six more players, defenders Greg Taylor and Wayne Thomas, midfielders James Dance and Adam Watkins, and two young professionals, Lewis Kidd and Alison Ann. Yesterday, they had to sign Histon duo Jim Stevenson and Danny Fitzsimmons. The Milton Keynes Dons manager, Carl Robinson, is meeting his agent today to discuss his future. Robinson's currently firm favourite to become the next manager of Sheffield United. He's under contract at the Dons, and if another club wanted him, they'd have to pay compensation. In rugby, Johnny Wilkinson says he'll make sure he's fit and ready should he be needed as an injury replacement for the Lions squad. Wilkinson initially rejected the opportunity to join the squad due to his club commitments at Toulon and deteriorating fitness. The Bedford director of rugby, Mike Rea, says he's not worried about whether his club will be allowed to play in the Premiership if they beat Newcastle in the Championship playoff final. The Blues play the first leg against Newcastle on Thursday. The ground at Goldington Road isn't up to standard for the Premiership, but Rea says that's not on his mind right now. I'm giving it one amount of consideration to be honest because um, all I'm interested in at the moment is what we're doing on the pitch um, if we do happen to, to win the competition then um, you know that'll be down to the, the, the chairman and the board of directors to decide what, where we go from there Finally, cricket, Kevin Peterson says he's still not sure if he'll have fully recovered from his knee injury in time to face Australia this summer. Meanwhile, England will name their squad for the second test match against New Zealand at Headingley this morning. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we'll continue this. Uh, are gollies offensive? We've mixed calls. 50-50 so far on the calls. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Do you find gollies offensive? We'll also be talking more about that tornado. And nobody's been able to phone in and defend the tedious doors. Uh, listen, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. Ray Manzarek, an incredible keyboard player, passed away. Uh, 73, 74 years old. But, but, the doors, really, it's... Uh, they're not a good band. And as I said, please, for goodness sakes, do not get me started. Oh, Jimi Hendrix. Oh, look, Mum, I can play the guitar with my teeth. Oh, well done. Well done, you. I'm doing a wee-wee on my guitar. Yeah, the, why don't you go and play some music, Jimmy? Huh? Instead of being an idiot. 08459 455 555. Uh, lots of you commenting on Facebook uh, about the gollies. Let's have a look at uh, some of those, shall we? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. There's also a picture of the badge. Andrew says, so someone is selling them on eBay and you're advertising them on 3CR. Way to go. I guess it's just a state of mind if you find it offence or not. I think there is more important things to take task at this moment in time. Jenny says, I have uh, my childhood toys in the loft. There may be a golly amongst them. Should I hide my head in shame? What should I do with it that would be considered politically correct? It's just a blooming toy. When I played with it, it had no racist overtones. Tones. Are bimbo Barbies one day to be considered sexist or offensive? Well, I think they're considered sexist now, aren't they? What about Butch Action Man? Well, don't could you could get me started on Butch Action Man. We'll have no toys with uh, young men carrying guns in my house. The reason we're talking about this is because we're asking, is it ever acceptable to own a golly? A badge showing a golly holding a Milton Keynes Dom flag is being sold to football fans. It was sold for a whopping 99 pence on eBay. The story was picked up by MK Webb, and even though the flag clearly says MK Dons, the golly is wearing the old Wimbledon colours of yellow and blue. Well, the club gave us this statement. 
Oh, hang on. The club gave us this statement. We are extremely disappointed to see the club's name associated with this particular item. We would like to reassure both our supporters and the general public that the item is not part of the club's official merchandise range, nor has it ever been endorsed by us. We will be reporting the matter to trading standards. If any item worn at a match has caused offence to supporters, we would encourage them to report it to the nearest steward. We would then take further action as appropriate. Well, listen to that is Michael Burrows, who doesn't see a problem with it at all. He sells Nazi memorabilia at a market stall in Hemel Hempstead. Morning, Michael. Oh, good morning. Michael, these badges, these golly badges, they don't offend you? No, not at all, no. Why do you f- think that some people are offended? Um, I, I think it's just if, if it's worn in context, really. I mean, uh, the golly has been a bit, a bit of British culture since the 1900s, when, when it was first introduced. And what, what context is appropriate to wear a golly badge? Um, if you're a football supporter and, you, and the, and the, uh, the golly's holding your flag, then, then, then I think that'd be okay. If you were wearing one, Michael, a hypothetical situation, and someone came up to you and said, um, look, can you take that badge off? I find that offensive. How would you react? Uh, I, I would probably say, well, I, I couldn't see the problem, and, and if you're offended by it, then I'm, maybe I would take it off, actually. Right. Um, can you understand why some people might be offended by it? Yeah, I, th- I think, as I say, with, 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 with old collectibles, it's slightly different to something that's being made now. Mm. Um, I mean, they, the Golig uh, did, did a badge in 2002, which was called Sarah's Badge, and that raised thousands of pounds for leukaemia. Um, and it, that, was a go- that, it was a Golly, was it? It was, yeah. Right, it, yep. it had a, a Golly scientist and a little nurse, and as I say, that raised a lot of money for uh, leukaemia research, and I believe that you can still actually buy that. Mm. Um, as I say, with old collectibles, most people were buying them, putting them in a little cabinet, and probably the people that bought the old gollies, which which were stopped in the 80s, um, would probably buy one of these and put it in their collection as well. I think that some of... Because obviously Robinson's jam is... They've taken the golly yeah. off now, I'm assuming. It's a long time since I bought some jam. I'm assuming they have. Yeah. But some yeah. of those those um, old badges can go for about eight, nine hundred quid. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the golly golfer is the one everybody wants, and it's on a piece of card, and uh, you... I think they even copy them now, but the, um, you, you could probably pick one up for £100, probably. Now, we, we've spoken before. You sell Nazi memorabilia, which, again, some people might find offensive. I know there's a huge market for it. Why is it important for you to sell this stuff? What it is, it's all part of our history and our culture. And I think that if you deny what we were and what we are, then you've got a problem. Um, I, I think with, with um, even selling an old badge, you know, if I sold a, a German badge to someone and then they put it on, then I'd find it quite strange. Do you ever get a negative uh, reaction when people come and look at your store? Do people have got, oh, for goodness sakes, what, 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 what have you got this for, this swastika for? No, I don't, so I don't make a big display. I mean, it's part of what I sell. I do anything military. and um, But it is, as I say, it's part of our history, and, and I think we've got to preserve history. That's so important. There was, um, I was reading in the paper uh, uh, recently, I think it was this weekend, there was uh, a wartime weekend in, uh, in uh, Bronte Village, okay, which I think is in Yorkshire somewhere. I mean, I'm not going to completely sure. Um, it's in Haworth. Of course it's in Haworth. Uh, and people dressed up in, in World War II costumes. And there was a ban on Nazi uniforms. Can you understand that? Yeah, I mean, I, I went to uh, Military Odyssey, which is another big reenactment show, and, and there was chaps walking around as Japanese... Uh, and, and again, that, that would probably upset some, some Second World War veterans. Um, but it's all in context, really. Um, as I say, I, I think with, with the golly, you've got to be careful because it is part of most people's childhood tradition. And if you start um, saying no to that, you know, people will make the stand and make it more, more important than what it really is. 
But you don't see any problem with, with the golly at all, uh, and you think that, that, that what people should, uh, should just um, carry on with it. Yeah, I think Rob's, Robertson's, they made the gollies from 1910 to 2001, and they stopped in 2001 because they said it's part of a bygone era, part of an old childhood tradition which is now gone. Um, and as I say, you've just got to be careful that someone's not manufacturing it to, to make a, I mean, another type of statement. Michael, thank you very much indeed. Well, earlier on, Justin Dealey spoke to members of the black community to find out whether they found the golly offensive. This is what they had to say. I think the powers that be need to look into that. To my mind, it just shows the mentality of those that promote that sort of thing. It's 2013, times have moved on, and people should take a stand and say what they mean, and that should not be posted anywhere in the general public. Do not do that. It's disgusting. With all the football um, racial taunts against black um, players, I find that quite offensive. When you see that badge, how does that make you feel? Have a good laugh. I did it for a long while in the Gollywog. It's brilliant. <laughs> so you're not offended by it? In no, the no. What did they take it off the jars for? It'd be great. I'm not offended by it, but I'm disappointed that a caricature is being used. Um, caricature of a black person is being used for a sport. I mean, especially as we're trying to keep racism out of sport and football. So that I would find that, in that sense, offensive, yeah. What do you find... Uh, golly's offensive. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Chris is on the line. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Ian. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Are golly's offensive? No, because um, I was explaining to your your guy. I mean, I've, I've looked into this in the past because I'm in- interested in American history. Yeah. Now the golly, uh, the, the word golly derives from the word jolly, right? Which is um, what was used for the bands on the Mississippi River boats in the early 1800s. Yeah. They were called Jolly Bands, and because the white musicians couldn't get on, but the coloured musicians could, because they were better at playing the, the trumpets, the trombones and such like, um, they adopted the black and white minstrels effigy, if you like, but there were still coloured musicians there, and they were called Jolly Bands, because they used to clown about and everything, and entertain the gamblers and everything on the Mississippi River boats. Then later on, that well-known jam manufacturer adopted it for their jam, and if you look at all their little badges, they're all musicians. Yes, I'm, I'm just looking at... The, I've just got someone on the internet now, and they, the majority of them are musicians, aren't they? I hadn't picked up on that yeah. before, yes. Yeah, yeah, the majority... Well, they're all musicians, because that's where they come from. And the uh, the lady you're talking about, uh, that actually brought them out in 1895, she copied them from the early musicians, and she was selling them on the riverboats as souvenirs for the children. Chris, the children, that's where it comes from. Chris, are you black or white? I'm white man, and I come from Brixton, South London. <laughs> do do but, we, as white people, have the right to determine whether gollies are offensive or not? Because it's not it's not us or our history or our culture that is potentially well, uh, being I, lampooned, I, I, is it? I, I think that is down to the individual. Personally, I don't find them offensive. As far as I'm concerned, I was brought up with them the same as you probably were yep. in, in the 50s and 60s. With, in, well, with the, in the, 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 in the, the 70s, golly Chris, I, in the 70s. So come on. No, okay, fair enough. <laughs> the golly that I had was probably about two foot tall. It had white rings around its eyes. It had a tailed coat, waistcoat, and, and stripy trousers. And it was floppy. I don't know if you heard, we had a, uh, speaking to a lady on, on in the show who called in, and, and she thought they were awful. She thought they were racist. Oh, yeah, I, I did hear her. And I, and I think, to be quite honest with you, it's people like that that take it to the next step that cause a hassle. 
Because as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the majority of people concerned, that whether it be white, coloured, green, blue, whatever, they're a toy. That's it. End of story. They were dull. They were a toy. You know, it's... It, it, why, why get upset about it? You know, the more you get upset about it, the more people are going to pick up on it and the more actually it's going to But cause. if she does get upset about it, and if people do get upset about it, don't we have... Don't we have a responsibility to listen? Things things change and evolve, and things that were weren't offensive a hundred years ago can be perceived as offensive now. Don't we need to I- evolve a bit and, and change our attitudes sometimes? Uh, well, we do, but the human mind is a funny thing. You you you, you put something into somebody's uh, thought patterns, and it just moulds over and over. Instead of sort of looking at it logically and saying, "Well, hang on, this is just a stuffed toy that kids yeah. play with." You know, or, or it's been around for donkey's years. You know, end of story. That's it, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of other people. It's the people that pick up on it and go at it all the time. I mean, we could take offence at, uh, I mean, this white dolls, for instance. But the, oh, very quickly, I can, listen, I can have this conversation all morning. We're running out of time. The white dolls that we see, they're, they're not symbolic, are they, of, of potentially no, of, of oppression or discrimination? And, and it could be argued that these goalies are. Chris, we, we have to end it there. Thank you very much for putting your point, point forward. Uh, and by the way, we, we say black people now, just to, just to clarify that. 08459 455 555. Chris, they're not offended by it in the slightest. What do you think? Are, are goalies offensive? Do, do, do Chris is white? I'm white. Do we have the right to say whether they're offensive or not? It's not really up to us, is it? If someone does find them offensive, then that's a good enough reason to stop, isn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Go and have a look at the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Dry day. The odd shower and a bit of light patchy rain to get through. By this afternoon, though, we will start to see the odd glimmer of sunshine, although by tonight we could see the odd isolated shower once again. Those temperatures getting up to about 19 degrees. Overnight tonight, any showers dying out, leaving way for a dry night. Quite a bit of cloud cover, although there will be some clear spells as well. Temperatures down to about 8 and tomorrow looking like a repeat performance of today. Thank you, Lara. You you jumped in a little bit early. You didn't jump in early. I, pr- I pressed your music that made you come in early. You were expert there, Lara. Expert. Well, no. I heard the music yes. and I thought it was the cue to talk. I wasn't sure, no. but I'm glad it all worked out for the best. It, we, we got there in the end. Lara, thank you very much indeed. It, it, it was the music for the weather. I meant to press this one. Adam, Travel I can... news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, I can only apologise. I'm right. assuming you're sat there all poised to go. I was I was poised and I was about to leap and then I thought, hang on, I don't know what the weather is. No, well, no, listen, let's just say this Commodore 64 that powers the show <laughs> is being dumped in the river later on today. Trust me on I that I think you one. need to use a, pe- a few peak or poke coats on it and you see got... if that'll work. Oh, look at you, you young yeah. Well done. Away you go. Thank you. We've got a little bit of traffic on the A1 at Roxton. Black Cat Roundabout looking busy. A10 is also slow southbound this morning. Delays that start in Chesant go all the way down toward the M25. On the M25 anti-clockwise, slow from Waltham Abbey through the Holmesdale Tunnel toward Enfield A10 into the roadwork section. Also a few delays from St Albans to Chorley Wood. And from the A41 to the M4 is looking busiest. It could take you around 45 minutes to get between Junction 20 and Junction 15 this morning. M40 got a bit of a queue between the A40 and the M25. And it's looking slow as well as you come in towards london on the a1 from sterling corner to apex corner things on the trains and tubes though still looking good adam glynn bbc three counties radio thank you adam you are the professional out of all of us here 
right, 7.47. It's a Tuesday, the 21st of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A giant tornado has torn through the suburbs of Oklahoma City, killing at least 90 people. Luton police are hunting a gunman who left a 27-year-old man with serious injuries in Leicester Road yesterday. In sport, Jose Mourinho, who's being heavily linked with a return to Chelsea, has left Real Madrid by mutual consent. Coming up before 8 o'clock, we'll get the very latest from the uh, terrible news in Oklahoma City, which was devastated by the tornado yesterday. There's live rugby union commentary in three county sport on Thursday night. And now Bedford driving. Now the crowd at last is uh, waking up here. Bedford play the first leg of their championship playoff final against Newcastle. Branson Follow the Blues at Goldington Road. Three Counties Sports, Thursday night from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So it turns out all of you are uh, keen, not all of you, obviously, that would be ridiculous. We couldn't handle the rush. But lots of you are keen to call in and tell me whether you find gollies offensive or not. The reason we're talking about it, there was a badge on sale on eBay, 99p, Milton Keynes Dons. Not official merchandise, but it was a golly. You can have a look at the badge on uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. David's in Hemel. Morning, David. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Are they offensive? No. Not a lot of nonsense. I'm in my 60s. Uh, when I was a kid, I really looked forward to the next Robertson jam pots to get one inside the lid, to stick on the tiles in front of the kitchen sink. I admired the golly. He, he could play every sport and he could play every musical instrument. Never occurred to me for a moment that it was anything to do with black people. Never occurred to did, me. David, genuinely, did it not occur to you that they, they represented black people? I just said no. Never occurred to me. It was just this clever little, clever little character, like a cartoon character with a football at his feet or cricket, playing cricket, playing musical instruments. I thought they were great. And never, I'd never ever seen probably a, a, the black and white minstrels, which I believe that they're they're based on. Oh, it was fact, flipping awful, David. The black and white minstrel show was was rubbish. It wasn't just <laughs> offensive in, in, in nowadays. It I was awful. In later years, people didn't make the connection. Maybe I'm stupid, but you know what? While I'm talking to you, I've just opened. Um, one of my stamp collection books, and I have a perfect set of mm-hmm. the paper gollies. And there's one holding a jam pot, one kicking a football, one playing golf, one with boxing gloves, one with ice skates, one with a rugby there's, ball, there, there, there one is, skiing. There is, there must be some... One playing hockey. There must be Let some... Let me finish. They're doing all the sports, <laughs> I get cricket. it. Right, they're, they're, they're good at sports. <laughs> they're great. There, there must be Even something... Even my hero. David, shut up. <laughs> there must be something offensive <laughs> about them, because we, we're changing... Both you and I are treading very carefully, and we're not calling the gollies by their full names. So the fact that we've dropped the last syllable of that word would imply that we know that some people will find them offensive. Well, we've moved on because of this paranoia and public feeling that I don't think anybody should be... I don't think black people should be made to think that this was a poor representation of them. If it was based on things... I'm a graphic artist. Things evolve. And hearing that story of that chap who rang in and said how the jolly musicians started Mm. and then white musicians couldn't do it, I thought that was a really fascinating piece of history. And it just shows, like all graphics, things evolve. They're not meant to... They weren't meant to be harmful or derogatory. David, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Shirley's in Milton Keynes. Are they offensive, Shirley? No, I'm sorry. I, I, I agree with the other two guys. To me, I grew up through the 60s, and that was um, a symbol. It was it was a gollywog. Was, I'm sorry, I used the whole well, no, thing. No, but listen, I did, I, I, it doesn't offend me, and I'm in two minds about whether we should be using it or not, but the fact that we are dropping that last syllable, which yeah. is an offensive word... Yeah, that, I feel that, more conscious if I say that, I have yeah. to say. Um, but... 
To me, it was a toy. It was um, Enid Blyton used them in her storybooks, and I used to read her well, storybooks. So Enid, Enid Blyton also did a story called Ten Little M-Words. So it, yes, the, Enid did. Blyton wasn't necessarily the purveyor of, of great taste, was she? No, but do you know what? Back in those days, I still never associated it like uh, in a racial form, and, and I'd, I'd, I've got you know black friends and things, and I've mm. never associated those with you know anything fictional or made up or like like the golly with a person you know like did, did that other hear, guy said did you hear justin's report earlier on where he spoke to several people some of uh, black people some of them thought the golly was fine but quite a few of them were outraged by it and, and thought it was incredibly racist and incredibly offensive if people find something offensive mm. shouldn't we respect that and and not use it but, but why suddenly is it really offensive? Uh, you know, why... I think they're just making something out of it. You know, I think... You know, it's like uh, we went through a stage, you know, a few years back where you couldn't say bar bar black sheep. You know, the sheep's black. You know, oh, that is... Did that ever really happen? I don't, I don't think that ever I really happened. No, it's one of those I, Daily Mail stories. <laughs> probably, but there was a big issue made about it. And I think if you make a big issue about it, people are going to jump on the bandwagon and, and, and make it become an issue because I just I really don't think most people would think relate things to people. Shirley, we're going to end it because we're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Would love to speak to you if you are black and uh, you are offended or not offended. Either way, I think the Barbar black sheep thing was was one of those myths. I remember the first time I went to a playgroup, my little boy, and they started singing Barbar black sheep, and I kind of froze and realised, oh, it's fine. No one cares. No one's offended by that. Right, we can get the latest news now on the devastation caused by a giant tornado that's torn through a suburb in the US city of Oklahoma. At least 90 people have been killed, and at least 20 of those were children who were in a primary school when it collapsed. Whole streets have been reduced to rubble. The rescue operation is continuing. Well, Ricky Stover's house was one of those destroyed. We thought we died because we're inside the cellar door. We locked the cellar door once we saw it coming. It got louder, and next thing you know, uh, is. You see the lights coming undone, and we couldn't reach for it, and it ripped open the door, and it, it just glass and debris started slamming on us, and we thought something, we thought we were dead, to be honest. Well, our reporter Gavin Lee is with us uh, and has the latest on all of this. Uh, uh, Gavin, good morning. Bring us up to date with what's happened. Yeah, morning, Ian. Well, it's absolutely devastating. Uh, the official death toll, according to the authorities now, is, stands at 91 people, and the worst affected area so far is this suburb of Moore. It's about 10 miles south of Oklahoma City. There's about 55,000 people that live in the community there, and we're told about 4,000 buildings were tightly packed you know, in the community, homes, businesses, either damaged or levelled completely. And if you see, and I'm sure many people listening have some of the pictures, it looks like you know, a bomb's hit the place. There are 30,000 square miles that have been completely levelled. And just watching some of the footage that's come in in the last few minutes, in the early hours of the morning, which it is now in the there are people standing in the dark in the area they live next to what was once their property. Some of them were suitcases with carrier bags, belongings they have, making their way, way to some of the, the shelters that are now being opened, uh, churches and things like that. The storm was so strong that they found debris in the last couple of hours, 250 miles away in wow. Missouri. It was 200 miles an hour, the winds, at one point, and it stayed in this particular area of Moore for about 45 minutes. But the focus right now is on this school, Plaza Tower School. There were 75 children and adults taking shelter there when the tornado hit. They were in the corridor at the school. Some of them have managed to be brought to safety. Uh, others didn't make it, and this is where the rescue operation continues. How much warning was there that this was going to happen? 
Well, in the last few minutes, I've just been hearing from the um, state authorities there who've said there's about 30 to 40 minute lead up time where sirens went off, air sirens, TV and radio announcements declared an emergency calling for people to evacuate. It doesn't sound a great deal when you think about an actual disaster like that. It, there was a, a short lead up in a sense that there was a path since Wednesday of tornadoes. In the last five days, there have been smaller ones in Texas, in Kansas, in Iowa. Uh, the forecast is for more to come as well in that area. One of the hospitals has been badly damaged. How are they coping? Uh, how are the medical facilities coping? Well, this is the Moore Medical Centre, uh, which is the main hospital. The part of the wing has been torn off. It's not been completely level, but it's been badly damaged in part. So people have been moved out to Oklahoma City to f- further afield as well. There's about 130 people, we're told, being treated in hospital, at least 10 of those in a critical condition. And how is the government reacting? Well, President Obama has declared a national state of emergency, that it's clearly a major disaster. All of the resources um, the White House is saying are being sent to Oklahoma. They've got about 200 um, emergency service workers right now working on the school, other areas where they've got mobile signals asking for help. There's a ancillary concern about um, looting that they're hearing at at, um, some of the the businesses and the banks, which which is, go back to New Orleans, was um, a the, the case in point which the government was criticised about at the time and uh, for not being fast enough to respond to that. So that will be a concern of the government. And Hurricane Katrina, there was criticism for slow reaction as well. I guess the first priority now is to get the thousands of people who are all of a sudden completely homeless into shelters. Gavin Lee, thank you very much uh, indeed. Just time before the news with Catherine. I, I, very rarely do I uh, applaud the front page of The Sun. Normally it's tosh. It is tosh. But this is a great front page. Exclusive witness speaks. I saw George Michael fall out of 70 miles per hour car and bounce down the M1. It's a true story. It happened near St Albans. A driver yesterday revealed she nearly ran over George Michael after he fell from his car on the M1 at around 70 miles per hour. Stunned Catherine Fox, 23, skidded to a halt as the singer, 49, slammed into the carriageway. She added, he was lucky he didn't die. Turn to page five for uh, for more. It's an incredible picture. Look at the traffic you've caused. Uh, d- d- drive, uh, driver Catherine Fox told yesterday how George Michael lay dazed and covered in blood after falling from a car on the M1. She and other drivers hit their brakes and skidded to a halt. Catherine said, I saw blood everywhere and a man on the ground. I thought someone had run across the road and been hit. How on earth does a 49-year-old man fall out of a car going at 70 miles per hour on the motorway? I don't want to say that drugs are involved. I don't know. I know he has a history of them. 08459 455 555. Ever fallen out of a car while it's been going? He's as bad as that Brian Harvey who ran himself over. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. A1, bit of a queue coming to the Black Cat roundabout. I'm looking at the speed sensors around there and it's all very busy this morning. There are delays as well as you come along the Cambridge Road, the A428 down toward the A1 and the A421 past Great Barford through Bedford really up toward the A1 looking quite busy as well. Delays in Hitchin, we've got a bit of traffic building on the A505. A1M not looking too bad this morning actually. M1 looking better than you might expect as well. 
but definitely delays as you come down the A10 through Chesant toward the M25, and if you're crossing the M25 and going further into London, it's looking slow through Enfield as well. M25 is slow anti-clockwise from Waltham Abbey to Enfield into the roadworks, then from Watford at Junction 19 to the M4 at Junction 15. Could take you around 40, 45 minutes to get through there at the minute. M40's queuing as well. A4008 into Watford's looking slow, and on the trains, no major problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. More on gollies in the next hour, and also we'll be speaking to Sandra Glenn about the shooting in Luton. Are you f- safe in Luton? On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, 90 dead in Oklahoma. Police hunt Luton gunmen and dons condemn offensive memorabilia. BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 90 people have died after a tornado devastated parts of Oklahoma City in the United States. Officials say that some children are still unaccounted for at two schools which were destroyed. Ricky Stover's house was demolished by the storm. We thought we died because we're inside the cellar door. We locked the cellar door once we saw it coming. It got louder and next thing you know... uh, is you see the latch coming undone and we couldn't reach for it and it ripped open the door and it, it just glass and debris started slamming on us and we thought something we thought we were dead to be honest Luton police have issued a new description of the man wanted in connection with yesterday's shooting in Leicester Road here's Gail Sanderson At around 8am, two cars collided at the junction with Dunstable Road. When a 27-year-old got out of his vehicle to confront the other driver, he was shot in the leg. He's now being treated for serious injuries. Passers-by told detectives the gunman was tall, slim and Asian and was carrying the gun in a yellow plastic bag. A 31-year-old man's been charged with attempted murder following an incident in Hoddesdon at the weekend. A 50-year-old man was seriously injured in an altercation in Charlton Mead Lane in the early hours of Sunday. Marcin Stepien will appear at Hatfield Remand Court later. Two other men arrested in connection with the incident have been bailed until June the 20th. A diabetic who lost control of his car in Bedford after suffering a hypoglycemic attack has been jailed for six months. Darren Locke hit a pedestrian, as Lee Agnew reports. The court heard that Locke had already struck a lamppost and clipped another car and was driving with his front bumper dragging along the road. The 41-year-old from Rushton hit William Dawkins, leaving him with numerous injuries. The prosecution said that morning Locke had lied to a nurse about his blood sugar levels. He was jailed for six months and banned from driving for three years. MK Don say they'll report anyone selling offensive memorabilia with their name on it to trading standards. This comes after they found a badge of a golly holding a Don's flag being sold on an internet auction site. Lorna Hankin has the details. The badge includes the old Wimbledon colours of yellow and blue, but has MK Don's written on it. The club say they're extremely disappointed to see their name associated with this particular item and want to reassure people it is not part of the official merchandise range and never has been. They added if a supporter wore it to a game and it caused offence, they would take further action. Family doctors in England could face a tougher scrutiny in the future. The Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt wants to create a new post of Chief Inspector of General Practice. He'd oversee a rating system like the one used by Ofsted in assessing the performance of schools. In sport, Jose Mourinho, who's being heavily linked with a return to Chelsea, has left Real Madrid by mutual consent. The Real president, Florentino Perez, says it's the right time for Mourinho to move on to a new managerial challenge. 
The weather dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees Celsius. That's 59 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past eight on a Tuesday. I'm going swimming with my boys later on today. Yeah, that's right. Something to look forward to, sort of. It's always a little bit stressful, getting them changed, and then he goes and locks himself in the changing room on his own. Come out, please. Last night, uh, the oldest wouldn't get out of the bath. It was really annoying. I went, oh, I think there's a poo in there. Out within a second. Anyway, more important things to talk about this morning. As always, keen to get your uh, opinions on them. After a tenth shooting in Luton, we'll be hearing from our reporter, Justin Dealey, who's spoken to residents who say they no longer feel safe. And we'll be speaking to local community leader, Sandra Glenn, who says they shouldn't worry. Well, do you feel safe in Luton? And as a golly badge, supporting the MK Dons is sold on eBay. Badge that the club has nothing to do with. Uh, I want to know, is it ever acceptable to own a golly? 08459 455555 81333. Start your text 3CR. Well, you can see the golly badge on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. This morning we're asking, do you feel safe in Luton? Been another shooting. If you were listening to JVS yesterday, you'd have got uh, the insight. I think it was about 8 o'clock yesterday morning. Local community leader Sandra Glenn says, for the most part, Luton is a safe place to live. And we'll be speaking to her shortly. Her comments come after a, a Luton man was shot in the leg on the Dunstable Road yesterday morning. Well, Justin Dealey has been out and about. Justin, you've been speaking to people, haven't you, about this? Absolutely. It's the uh, the 10th shooting this year. Uh, the 17th gun-related incident in the town as well. So, large figures. I've been out and about in Luton this morning. I've been asking people whether they do feel safe in the town and this is what people had to say in. Not really, no, I don't. I don't feel safe in Luton. Um, but at the same time, I can't... You can't blame... The, I don't feel that you can completely blame the police because they're only doing what they're allowed to do. Yeah. They're not at liberty to do any more than what they are. If you had the funds, would you leave Luton? Absolutely. In a heartbeat. Wouldn't stay here. I really would. It's not our town anymore. No. Can you no. tell us why? Well, with all these shootings and everything, it's not safe to walk the streets anymore. And I used to walk everywhere in the early hours of the morning. But I won't do it again. I'm not putting my life at risk walking those early hours in the morning anymore. Are you now thinking about leaving this town? No. I'm staying put. I don't run. I stay where I belong. Now, madam, you work on Marsh Farm. Do you feel safe in Marsh Farm? Do you feel safe in Luton full stop? Yes, I do, yeah. I mean, some people are saying to me today they can't wait to move, it's, it's a terrifying place to live. What would you say to those people? Well, I've lived here all my life and I'm not scared, so I don't understand what they're going on about, really. No, I'm not, no, I'm not scared. I don't think I should be scared. I don't think there's any place that's any different from Luton. I think shootings are throughout England. It's not, I know Luton is happening more often than other places, but it's not different than anywhere else, and I'm not going to live in fear. I don't feel safe because uh, all, of, uh, all the time you find the news, on the news, somebody has been shot, somebody has been shot dead, somebody has been stabbed, somebody's phone has been snatched. So when you're walking, it's like you don't feel safe. So you're 21. Do you feel safe in Luton? Uh, not particularly, not at all, really. It's horrible to li- town to live in, so... So you want to move out, clearly? Yeah, 
It's a horrible town to live in. Why is it so horrible? <clears throat> the amount of people that uh, get shot, stabbed, it's just, it's just not a nice place to live in. I'm not trying to, to, to be dramatic by saying this, but walking into town, are you almost looking over your shoulder? Well, you've always got to be cautious wherever you're going, Luton, because... You don't know who's about it. So. Well, that was Justin Dealey speaking to residents of Luton. Joining me now is local community leader in Luton, Sandra Glenn. Sandra, it's a horrible place to live and people don't feel safe. It surely is not. It's, um, it's, if you look at the stats for Luton, we're on the lower end of the pole when it comes to crime. The recent state of crime has had people think that it's happening all the time, but that will soon pass. Ten, ten shootings uh, uh, this year so far. Mm-hmm. I think 19 or 20, I'm not quite sure, gun-related incidents... People are worried. Well, yes, I'm worried, but um, it's not going to be here forever. It's just a, it's a phase of crime with, as you know, some two or three gang fraternities that are causing these spaces, plus a couple of un- unrelated items. The police have explained all of that, and, yeah, it's not going to... But they're, they're mopping up the criminals, and they're going to get them in put away. Look when at Carl will this, Bedford. When will, this, when will this phase pass? I'm not the expert for that, and I'm not claiming to be the expert. Well, how do you know it's just a phase, then? <laughs> Because it's happened in other cities, it's happened in other parts of the world, and they've look how the New York City got cleaned up. Are you surprised? We had pictures in the, all the papers a couple of days ago of the, the, the armed police with machine guns walking around Marsh Farm, and yet there's been another shooting in Luton. Yes, but that was in an unrelated place and an unrelated incident. But and, it, 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 what, a couple of miles uh, away? If, look, when you have um, a state of... Uh, when the police do an operation on burglary and reduce burglary in an area, it doesn't mean to say there's not going to be another burglary happening that same day. You can't predict what human beings are going to do. The police are not experts No, in that. You, therefore you can't predict this is a phase. But Sandra, people want these shootings to stop. And, and as you just heard there from the people Justin was speaking to, they don't feel safe, do they? No, that's a small fraction of the, of the local population. And yes, I, I agree that people, those people who don't feel safe probably live near to the areas that are having the affected problems. Most of the people don't live in the affected areas and most people just go about their normal business and want to you, live in Luton and feel OK. But you can't dismiss the, 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 yes. the fears of those that do live near those no, areas. No, I, I certainly would not, because it is a horrible feeling. I've, I've, got, I've got members, I've got colleagues, I've got friends... I've got family living in and around. So, yes, I'm, I'm certainly in tune with it. Yesterday's shooting was 8 o'clock in the morning when kids were going to school. Right. Yeah, it was horrific. But uh, you can't predict that crime's going to happen at any place, any time. What's being done to stop it? Well, they've, they've got a, a very big operation underway. There's Which a, a massive spend going on to resource it. They're doing as much as possible, looking at best practice from across the other um, cities that have had it in the UK and across the world. Um, the police are, are now taking on board looking at this in a multifaceted way. I've heard the, the review what of What does the, that mean, a multifaceted way? They're not just taking a one-pronged approach. They've actually got in people to look at the linkages and... Um, it's not working, it's, is it? I wouldn't say it's not working. How could you say that? Well, because there have been ten shootings it, this year in Luton. Yes, but the actual mobbing up of the criminals has happened at the same time. Yeah, so they're actually taking the criminals off the street. It's up to the, as I said, it's up to the public as much as the police to bring those persons that are responsible for this crime 
into account. Well, it's not, well, hang on, you can't lump the blame on the public that, that there are idiots walking around with guns. It's not, but it's not the public's responsibility, it's the police's responsibility, surely, they to get these idiots that are running around that. shooting each other. A lot of crime is solved nowadays with a lot of intelligence, and if people don't come forward and help the police with that intelligence, they cannot catch the persons doing this. You can't live next door to somebody that's got a gun or, or be living in a home with someone that's got a gun and not know it's there. Somebody knows where the guns are in Luton. More people need to come forward and speak about them and let us so know how we can get rid of them. Also, there's an amnesty box outside Luton Police Station mm. where people can anonymously drop off the guns and knives and, and put them in that box. How many guns have been dropped off in that box? I don't know because I'm not in charge of that operation. Could, could not, you find out for I'm us? I'm a regular member of the public. <laughs> could you find out for us? I'd be interested to find out if any guns have been dropped off in an amnesty box. Oh, I can find out. Brilliant. Could, yeah. you, could, could we have a, a, a little chat with you maybe later on in the day and find out? That's fine. Brilliant, Sandra. Yes. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Sandra uh, Glenn, who is uh, a local community leader. Well, our reporter, Sophie Solaria, went to meet Tony, who's lived on the borders of Marsh Farm in Luton for 40 years. He told her that the area has an unnecessarily bad reputation. People get on with each other. When you look at the history of not only Marsh Farm but Luton, the media has come across in, uh, and promoting Marsh Farm and Luton in the negative ways when it happens, and then they drive on it for years to come so you're never able to dig out the stigma it's unfortunate for Luton that this is now we've had a period of uh, what five months now of gun crime going on um it isn't synonymous of the way Luton works you've lived here for 40 years you say do you feel safe I feel safe yeah um but I think you know as well as feeling safe I think you've got to have confidence that your community is there looking after itself and able to support itself so that you can move around freely. The community is very much inward looking, it looks after what's going on within itself. Being part of that community, how has the shootings and the recent gun crime affected them? I think they're disappointed. I think they're disappointed in their fellow residents. We're better than this. Well, that was Sophie Slayer speaking to a resident uh, yesterday, 08459 455 555. Joining me now is Deputy Leader of Luton Borough Council, Sean Timoney. Uh, Sean, it seems Luton can't get away from shootings at the moment, but th- is the town really that bad? No, Ian. Um, firstly, good morning to you. Nice to speak to you again. Um, it, it's not bad. Um, there are lots of wonderful things going on in the town. There are um, loads of good places to go and, and things to do and see. Um, it would be unrealistic of me to, you know, talk about all those and say how fantastic it is. We do have problems, as any large town would have, um, and that's to be expected. People are scared, aren't they, Sean? Not everybody. We go from that gentleman there who thinks it's a great place, but people are scared. Some people may be. Um, I think we, we need to reassure those people and say, you know, the crimes that are going on, they are targeted crimes. They are by people who know each other, who are taking shots at each other for whatever reason. Um, they're a small number. It's not um, representative of the town as a whole. Obviously, you've got the um, national media printing stories about it, um, making it look as though you know it's a really terrible place. We're walking about with guns and shooting each other. That's absolutely not the case. It's um, you know the the town has lots of wonderful aspects and really really great people living here. What can the council do to try and promote a better image of the town? Well, I think, you know, we're always fighting against that negative media press and the, the, the old sort of crap town image that, um, that we've had to suffer over the years. Um, we've also had problems because, you know, there's the idea that some of the extremist groups have, have, have got their roots in Luton. Um, 
but you know we've got lots of wonderful stuff going on soon uh, next, at the end of the week we've got the carnival um one of the great events where lots of people in Luton come together and have a, have a really great day. We've got so many good things going on in, in, in the Mall. We've got um, a brilliant airport where we can travel um, internationally. We've got a brilliant football club. If I didn't mention that, well, the fans would be on my back, definitely. Well, hang on, Luton Town? Yes! Well, hang on a second. I don't know anything about football, Sean, but I know they've had a shocking season. You can't <laughs> say they're one of the good things. No, but what they bring to the town, um, it, you know, in terms of business and, uh, and the fan base is a good thing for the town. Listen, I, I, I agree. I think Luton is a fantastic place. I'm thoroughly enjoying working here, uh, and I wish you the best of luck with, with trying to promote a better image, and let's hope that we... Uh, these idiots all get caught and this, this nonsense comes to an end. Yeah, thanks, Ian. I really agree. Sean, thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got problems on the M25. Now, it's been slow for most of the morning, but anti-clockwise, we're now hearing there's a lane blocked by a broken-down vehicle between Maple Cross and the M40. We've had callers reporting it's lane one that's blocked off, adding to the usual queues, and it was Natalie who called us first, so thank you very much, Natalie. It's still slow anti-clockwise from Waltham Abbey to Enfield into the roadworks and from Junction 21 at the M1 round to Kings Langley. And if you're coming down toward Kings Langley on the A4, and heading for the M25, expect things to look pretty slow. In fact, it's busy between the Hemel Hempstead turn and the M25 at Junction 20. Things looking slow around Watford, heavy traffic on the Pinner Road at the Bushy Arches, quite slow in Enfield as you come southbound between uh, Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road, and the A10's queuing in Chesant as well from the Cambridge Road to the M25. Everything looking rather busy on the M1 as well, but not as busy as you might expect. A1, I think, is slowest at the minute, coming toward the Black Cat roundabout. We've got delays, and the A421 looking slow as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 8.16, it's uh, Tuesday the 21st of May. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 90 people have died after a tornado devastated parts of Oklahoma City in the United States. Luton Police have issued a new description of the man wanted in connection with yesterday's shooting in Leicester Road. They now say he's tall, slim and Asian. In sport, Jose Mourinho is free to return to the Premier League after the Real Madrid uh, after Real Madrid confirmed he's leaving at the end of the season. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks dry with sunny spells and a top temperature of 15 degrees. Coming up, a golly badge supporting the MK Dons has been sold on eBay. Well, is it ever acceptable to own a golly? 08459 555555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. I get to meet a lot of really interesting people with the most amazing stories. We feel as if we haven't been taken notice of. Yesterday we heard that the bank had gone, but today it's still there. The cat got delivered up in Kabul. You should be back in the UK in two months. With the best local talking points. Do some of the bakers have flapjack fights? No, of course not, Roberto. Well, not in our shops. <laughs> Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three. On BBC. Three Counties Radio. Now that you've mentioned it, JVS, there is a, a, a little a whiff of a balty seeping through your pores. Do I really smell a balty? You don't stink of balty. Uh, and I wouldn't necessarily have... I just would have thought you maybe had some, some spicy uh, um, spray on you. But there's, now you've mentioned it, it's definitely... Would you move on the, on the train if I sat next to you? 
Well, yes, I would anyway. That goes without saying. Oh, God. Because <laughs> you're, you're one of those unusual-looking gentlemen. But, no, no, don't question that. It's not as rude as it sounds, it is. But, yeah, you're a little bit uh, little bit whiffy you, today. You know I can hear those little extra bits where you wink at the audience. Sorry? Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I thought I was turning off your ears. No. Oh, gosh. The strange thing is he actually winks as well when I he do. says those things. It's a, a comic aside. Do, do you had a curry last night. Was it nice? I did. Ooh, lovely. Lambolti, pilau rice, segaluna cobra. <laughs> I tell you what I like, and uh, what kids don't have these days, a lassie. I do like a nice mango lassie. A man- Is this one of your vegetarian things? You've never heard of a lassie? A lassie? Oh, you make me sick. Well, what's I'm the thinking po- of a dog. What's the point of going to, to a curry house if they, you don't know what a lassie they is? They probably renamed it because of its association with the much lovable collie. For goodness sake. A lassie is, is like a, a sort of milk drink that when you order it from the shop, it comes in a foil dish with a lid and my wife hates it and it's beautiful. It's like a refreshing milky drink. Really? Don't pull a disgusted face, for goodness sake! I've never heard of this concoction. Right, you have a curry every Friday. Yeah. Well, who knows why you're having one on a Monday? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just greedy. But if you have one on a Friday, have a sweet lassie, not a salty one. You don't want, you don't want kind of like a salty milky drink mm. going down your throat. That really is unpleasant. Have a sweet lassie, and if you don't like it, the whole curry's on me. Really? Do you go somewhere expensive? Very. Oh, well, I've said it now. The whole curry's on me if you don't like really? a sweet lassie. Yes. Yes. But how will you trust me to tell you the truth? Oh, I know when you're lying. Oh. Oh, I know when you're lying. Interesting show yesterday. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Some fruity language. Oh, my word. Someone... I can't, I can't say it. Someone said a word I've not heard since 1985 to describe, describe uh, two women who love each other. There were a lot of comments from 1985 yesterday. It was quite, uh, quite depressing on a number of levels. Great listen. Good. So I really recommend you go back to... That's the main thing. If you want to hear a man crumble over the space of an hour, BBC iPlayer, yesterday's Jonathan Vernon-Smith show from 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock, I practically lost the will to live. Seriously, (laughs) I had. What's the point? Can't talk to some of these people. It was a jolly good listening. You did well to hold your uh, composure. What have you got today? Coming up at uh, at nine this morning on the big phone-in, do you get a good service from your GP surgery? The Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, says GP surgeries are not providing the service we deserve. He's sick of poor out-of-hours services and doctors who don't even know patients' names. Now he wants our GPs inspected and rated in the same way uh, that teachers are um, when they're held to account by officers. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your views of your GP surgery. Do you get a good service? Do you get a good service from yours? I've only just joined mine, uh, but they've been excellent so far, yes. Have they? Yes. I never... Back in the day, I used to... You'd phone up the doctor's surgery, and there were about five GPs, you know what I mean? Yes. And their names were all on plaques outside the the, the front door. Mm. And you'd phone up, and you'd say, can I have an appointment with Dr. So-and-so? And it'd be your family GP, and they'd say... Yes, yes, that's fine. He can fit you in at four o'clock or whatever. Oh, no, no, no. Or he's not working today. Do you want to see one of the others? And you'd say, well, yes, okay, is Dr. So-and-so working today? Oh, yeah, we can get you an appointment there. Now, I never know any of my GPs. When I go there, they're always different. And if you say, oh, what about Dr. So-and-so? Is he in today? They say, no, sorry, he retired two years ago. Never got the same doctor's. No, why, why is that funny? I'd like to go and see the, the previous doctor that I used to see. He's retired or he's out on the golf course. He's retired course. two years ago. I know. Well, I don't go to the doctor very much. But, but the, fa- the fact is I never know any of them. And, you've, and you then kind of sit there with a perfect stranger. Yes. You have to start from the very beginning, your complete medical history, which, you know, it takes ages. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> 
What's it depends wrong with what you? you're going to see them about, doesn't it? You know, if you're going to see them about a historic illness, and you're, why are you with historic perplexed? illness? What from 1862 or something? No, what is wrong with you? Tell us all now. No, what's wrong with you? I've not got anything wrong with me. Well, touch wood. You never know what's lurking. <laughs> no, but you know, you go and see them about something that perhaps you saw your doctor about last year. You've got to go through it all again. Yes. They've got no idea. Do you prefer men or women? I don't mind, oh. as long as they give antibiotics. I, There's one woman at my doctor's surgery, when they say, oh, we've got an appointment with Dr. So-and-so, I say, over my dead body, yeah. I am not seeing that woman. Find somebody else, please. And do you know the reason? She never gives antibiotics. You could go and say, your head could be falling off, and she'd say, oh, you just need a little lie down. Yeah, I don't think antibiotics will actually help your well, head. Well, I've been there with raging tonsillitis. Yeah, uh, just to flag up, um, you're not on until nine o'clock. I've, st- I've got a couple of callers on and just wondered if... Raging Todd she told me oh. to go and have a lie down. Just finish, finish, finish up and off you go. Do you get a good service? Excellent stuff. That's Jonathan Vernon-Smith from nine o'clock this morning. Oh! <laughs> that will teach you. <laughs> that will teach me, won't it? I'm playing Texas instead of the bed. Here we go. There's uh, Jonathan Vernon-Smith from nine o'clock this morning. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. He does go on, doesn't he? He does. So, uh, gollies, are they offensive? Uh, a badge has been sold on uh, eBay for 99 pence, featuring the Milton Keynes Don's colours, uh, and also a golly. Well, are they offensive? Donna's online. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, Ian. Do- are gollies offensive? Of course they're not. Of course they're not. I'm from a mixed race family. Right. Uh, my dad was black and my mother was white, and there was 11 children. Oh, blimey. I know. Yes. <laughs> they were busy. And you're talking sort of mid-late 60s, early 70s, when we all lived at home. Yes. And we used to get gollies for Christmas, uh, gollies for birthday presents. I've still got a golly as a key ring on my car keys. And you still use it now, in 2013? Yeah. Because it's a toy. I don't know if you... you we, we, Justin, our reporter Justin Daly spoke to some people, uh, some black people. Half of them were offended, and half of them thought it was a good laugh. Why do you think people are offended? I just... Personally, I think, get over yourself. You know, it's... If, you've, if you take offence by something like that, then you're insecure with who you are. Donna, stay there. Stephen in Luton, get over yourself. Hiya. You're insecure. That's, that's what yeah. Donna's saying. I think, I think if you don't know the history of the gollywog and where it's historically coming from, I think it's easy, easy to really say that. That's but I do excuse. know the history of the gollywog because my father was black. OK, well, I'm also, I'm also black. And if I just explain to you my, my uh, research into the gollywog, um, and uh, I've, had, I've been abused with the gollywog. I've had, I'm in my mid-twenties, so I didn't grow up through the, the 50s or 60s when it was popular. I just grew up in a time when they were used to literally, you know, abuse my, myself and other black people how, in my school. How were you abused, Stephen, because of They were thrown the at me. They were thrown at me. I was called gollywog. The kids that wore them as badges on their uniform weren't you were like I, like they didn't hang out with the other black kids. It was almost like a modern swastika. When, when so was I at school though? I was bullied. I was the minority at my school. Yeah, I'm a, I was a minority as well, and I was bullied directly with gollywogs. When, when was this, Stephen? You say you're in your twenties. When was this? I'm in my mid twenties. So I went to. I graduated in 2002, so not too long ago. So, so the late nineties. The late nineties. Yeah. There were. You're you saying there were children at school who would would throw gollies at you and call you golly. Yeah, would would throw them at me. Mm. And, and going back to the, the the historical aspects of gollywog, you have to look at the image that's being portrayed here. 
It's a sick caricature of black people based on the, the you know, the minstrel. It was a, if you look at what the minstrel was, it was a form of entertainment for white people that made black people look stupid. My I mean, dad you used couldn't... to watch that. My, my mum and dad used to watch the black and white minstrels. And they looked yes. well, it was for <laughs> entertainment. Well, exactly. It was for entertainment, and it was it was a caricature of black people. We were made to look like clowns. We were dressed in clowns' outfits. If you look at a min, a min it's always black. There's no white guy's work. He's always dressed as a minstrel. Uh, I mean, sorry, a clown. He's always. You know, if you look you at how they act, you so let me finish. If you look at how they act, yes, and, I, I, I'm very much aware. And you will aware. find white gollywogs on there because I found them. Um, okay, but they're not officially white. They're not depicted in Eden Blighton books. So the lady that 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 yeah, I've got, that, um, you I've know, still got my heavily. Eden Blighton book with three gollywogs. Yes, there's not one white gollywog in there. Officially, a gollywog is black. But it, the it, it, there's no white. Steve, 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 it does look like a... It, no, it looks like a slave. That's what it does. It doesn't no, look like a regular you. black person. If you let me finish, I'm not... I'm, I'm being well, no, cut no, off no, and Stephen, I can't you, get a word no, anyway on you, the, on the Stephen, air. Stephen, you, you have got quite a few words in. You just said something there that's, that I think is, is, is quite outrageous. It looks like a slave? Really? Yeah, if I can just explain... Yes, it does. It looks... Like, it, come on. It's the, the ear piercing and the big... The, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yes, boss, so, I'm, 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 you go this way. It was that depiction that came from the South in America as Stephen, well. I'm not, I'm, 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 let me finish, I guess. No, no Stephen, because we're running out of time, and I'm, I'm keen to get to this point. Uh, all, none of the gollies I've seen have earrings. None of them will. None we we don't know how they earrings. speak. They don't look like slaves, Stephen. I think you could be stretching the point ever so slightly there. I was with you up until slaves. I, 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 don't, I don't think you've looked into the history of that No, no, image, I'm looking at the, the image. I'm looking at the actual image of the golly, which is what you said. Sure. The image okay, looks like slaves, and uh, yes, it and, doesn't. Yes, and if I could explain that point, yes, you, you, that's your opinion, but my opinion is, if you look at the South in America, minstrels were paraded in front of white audiences. In the UK as well, they were made to do very silly, stupid things. They, were, they, were act, they acted in low intelligence in their character roles. OK. Uh, Donna, we're running out of time. Would you like to have one more? Come well, I, I still feel the same. You know, I think that was all many years ago. It happened. It shouldn't have happened. That's not it how It did that happen, though, right? There I'm not saying it didn't happen. It did happen, and it shouldn't have happened. However, this I'm is... I'm black, Stephen, and I find it offensive. Stephen, Donna, let you speak. You have the same respect, please. This is 2013 now. That's not what it means anymore. And that's why I say, get over yourself. It doesn't mean that anymore. There we go. Donna and Stephen, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. A feisty argument. I don't think... I was, I was with Stephen up until the point he said they look like slaves. The gollies don't look like slaves. That's not what they look like in the slightest. Well, Stephen's opinion. What do you think? Do you agree with him? Or do you think, as Donna says, he needs to get over himself? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Um, uh, Adam, we're going to have to go with you out the travel bed, I'm afraid, sir. It's no just, problem. I can sing if you want. Or <laughs> we're <laughs> having need ter- to hit that computer again. We're having... T- 
terrible, terrible problems with uh, our computer at the moment. I, I, I am going to trade this uh, in for a ZX Spectrum, I think. Nice. It, it could only work better. Adam, let's, let's have what you've got. OK, M25 anti-clockwise. There's a lane closed because of an accident at Enfield Junction 25. That's slow back to the M11. It's really busy round there this morning. Still slow anti-clockwise from Watford through to the M40 as well, though the broken-down vehicle looks to have gone. That was between Maple Cross and the M40. Clockwise now starting to look busy from Potter's Bar through toward Enfield into the roadworks there. M40, still rather slow around the Uxbridge area, sort of end of the M40, start of the A40, and near the M25 junction, of course, as well. A1's busy into London, round Boreham Wood, from Stirling Corner through to Apex Corner. Across Beds, Hearts and Bucks, we haven't got too many other problems. A5 is looking quite slow from the M1 through Dunstable and up toward Bletchley and Milton Keynes. And we've still got a fair bit of traffic building at the Black Cat Roundabout on the A1. A41 in Aylesbury looking busy, and the A404 coming toward the M40 and coming toward High Wycombe from Marlow is starting to look very busy as well. Trains and tubes, though, doing fine. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. I'm going to hit a button. Catherine, I hope you're ready. Who knows what's going to come out? It's it's the news bed. I think it's the wrong one, but let's uh, let's see where we get to, shall we? Oh, for goodness sakes. Let's have nothing. Catherine, over to you. It's 8.30 at the headlines. More than 90 people have died after a tornado dev- devastated a suburb of Oklahoma City. Luton police have issued a new description of the man wanted in connection with yesterday's shooting in Leicester Road. They now say he's tall, slim and Asian. And a 31-year-old man's been charged with attempted murder following an incident in Hoddesdon at the weekend. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Manager Jose Mourinho is to leave Real Madrid at the end of the season. The club's confirmed he's going by mutual consent. Mourinho's being linked with a return to Chelsea and the West Ham boss Sam Allardyce says it certainly won't be dull if he does come back to the Premier League. He's very entertaining, isn't he? You know, I think there's, uh, there's not a dull moment with Jose, but also he's a very talented manager. He enjoyed his time that much when he was with Chelsea. He wants to come and uh, repeat it and try and do as much as he did then, if not better. Luton Town are releasing six more players, defenders Greg Taylor and Wayne Thomas, midfielders James Dance and Adam Watkins, and two young professionals, Lewis Kidd and Alison Ann. Yesterday, the Hatters signed Histon duo Jim Stevenson and Danny Fitzsimmons. The MK Dons manager Carl Robinson's meeting his agent today to discuss his future. Robinson is currently firm favourite to become the next manager of Sheffield United. He's under contract at the Dons, and if another club wanted him, they'd have to pay compensation. The Bedford director of rugby, Mike Rea, says he's not worried about whether his club will be allowed to play in the Premiership if they beat Newcastle in the Championship playoff final. The Blues play the first leg against Newcastle on Thursday. The ground at Goldington Road isn't up to standard for the Premiership, but Reyes says he's not worrying about that. I, I'm giving it one amount of consideration, to be honest, because um, all I'm interested in at the moment is what we're doing on the pitch. Um, if we do happen to to win the competition, then um, you know that'll be down to the, the the chairman and the board of directors to decide what, where we go from there. Finally, cricket. The England batsman Kevin Peterson says he's still not sure if he'll have fully recovered from his knee injury in time to face Australia this summer. Meanwhile, England will name their squad for the second Test match against New Zealand at Headingley later this morning. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee here every weekday morning at six till nine o'clock. And don't forget Friday. Oh, yes, the podcast launches. A weekly podcast of the show. Ooh, who'd have thunk it? Uh, coming up in the next 30 minutes, we'll be talking more about gollies. Uh, and we'll also be uh, asking, do you feel safe in Luton? The reason we're asking about do you feel safe in Luton is it because it follows the 10th shooting in the town yesterday. 
Well, we heard uh, a few minutes ago from community leader Sandra Glenn, who feels that people shouldn't be worried as Luton is a safe place and there's lots going for it. She's also going to find out how many guns have been dropped off in the amnesty box. Let's find out how long it's been there, how many guns have been dropped off. You want my, my reckoning? I reckon there'll be none in there. Hope I'm proved wrong. Really hope I'm proved wrong. I suggest there'll be none. Well, this resident lives close to yesterday's shooting. Oh, hang on a second. I've just got to click this little button here. We're distraught, shocked um, and outraged by what's going on in the area, really. It's a pleasant neighbourhood. We've never had any crime like this before. And um, obviously everything's kind of going downhill. Within this neighbourhood, there's a lot of vulnerable citizens here. You know, people from different ethnic minorities, older residents, young children. The school's nearby as well. You know, it will get to a time, if nothing's resolved, that people will eventually stop going out. That is the action people will have to take until something else is done. Well, our reporter Sophie Soleri has been to visit Tony Gamble. Tony's been living near Sundon Park for nearly 40 years, and he says the area gets very bad press, and it's unfair. Lived in Luton since birth, moved to Marsh Farm in 1976 when I got married, and been here ever since. So in terms of knowing the area, you know it pretty well? Yeah, because I've lived here and I've represented the community, I've had know how it works, know how it lives. People get on with each other. When you look at the history of not only Marsh Farm but Luton, the media has come across in, uh, and promoting Marsh Farm and Luton in the negative ways when it happens, and then they drive on it for years to come. So you're never able to dig out of the stigma. There have been 10 shootings in Luton this year, and definitely 17 gun-related crimes. So what do you say to that in terms of reputation? It's unfortunate for Luton that this is now... We've had a period of, of what, five months now of gun crime going on. Um, it isn't synonymous of the way Luton works. You've lived here for 40 years, you say. Do you feel safe? I feel safe, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, as well as feeling safe, I think you've got to have confidence that your community is there looking after itself and able to support itself so that you can move around freely. The community is very much inward looking. It looks after what's going on within itself. Being part of that community, how has the shootings and the recent gun crime affected them? I think they're disappointed. I think they're disappointed in their fellow residents. We're better than this. You know, we don't need to go along these sort of routes. There are other ways of dealing with issues. Tony, should we have a take, quick look outside? Yeah, let's go for it. So, Tony, tell me a bit about this area. What's it like here where you live? Generally, it's a very quiet area, but that, in general, spreads right away across the estate. Looking around me, actually, it is very quiet. You're completely right. The houses look like any other houses anywhere else. I'm not frightened to stand out here, but perhaps it's different at night. Would you leave your house after dark? It doesn't bother me. Um, I was talking to my grandson earlier, who's 17, obviously the prime age to get involved, and he says, no, I don't have a problem walking Marsh Farm. Um, I wander across to my friends' houses who are the other side of the estate and off the estate, the far side. So he's walking all the way through the estate and still doesn't experience problems. Do you worry about your grandson getting into difficult groups of people? He's been brought up in a way to understand right and wrong. He's been brought up in a way that he knows myself and his mum wouldn't tolerate it. I'm very, very close to the edge of Marsh Farm where it joins into Sandon Park footways are through the estate and you can walk all the way through Marsh Farm without ever having to walk onto a road. And that's this way? That's that way. I might take a walk up there myself now. Go for it. I've now walked a substantial amount of Marsh Farm and so far, although it's 3.30 and light, I've not felt unsafe walking around at all. 
People seem friendly too, they're positive and there's a real community atmosphere as I watch parents heading towards the local schools to pick up their children. Some even stop to tell me how they feel about living here. Well I've been living here for the last 20 years and there's a real community feelings. That's the best thing about it because if you live in like towns or cities you don't really get to say hello, hi to your neighbours or anything because everybody's rushing. People label it as, uh, you know, the marsh farm on it's a dark area, things like that, but this kind of thing happens uh, all over. Your son is there shouting yeah. for you to leave. Do you worry about him growing up in the area? I don't have no worries of that, no. You've been here one week, you've lived here for one single week. What's your impression of the area so far? Oh, it's okay so far. The school's lovely, the teachers seem nice. Obviously the media's given us a really bad vibe, but I'm just thinking, bring my kids up right, keep them next to me and hopefully everything will be alright. Well, 08459 455 555. Do you feel safe in Luton? It does get a bad press, and we keep banging on about it, and I wish we didn't have to keep banging on about it. But another shooting yesterday, I heard it uh, announced on um, Jonathan's show. It just seems to keep going on and on and on, doesn't it? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Gollies is the thing that's taken you uh, by storm this morning. MK Don's badge, not official merchandise, sold on eBay for a whopping 99 pence. Uh, featured a golly. We've had uh, some very strong views from both sides of the fence. Some saying, well, it's not, because it's not offensive. Some people saying, well, it, 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 it is. It's, it's what it represents. Uh, l- listen, this is me speaking as a white middle class man who's had uh, life pretty easy. I don't find it that offensive. I had a golly as a little boy. I never made the connection that it was representative of a black person i never saw it like that in the slightest it wasn't part of the thing it was just one of my teddies he sat with teddy the badger uh, and he sat with scruff and that was it he was part of the gang well do you find them offensive oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is it up to me as a white middle class bloke who's had things pretty easy to to say whether i find them offensive or not Bradwell, uh, Joe in Bradwell Village says we don't have the power to say if they're racist only the person who is offended can say if it's racist or not uh, Elizabeth has texted in how can a black golly be any more offensive to a black person than a white clown is to a white person I don't like white clowns oh they're horrible uh, I don't like clowns of any colour Jane in Milton Keynes my upbringing including token, collecting tokens off jam pots and ordering a musical gollywog figure my parents didn't relate them to black people and neither did I well, 08459 455 555. We've got 20 minutes to have your say on this. People are getting very heated about this. Do you find gollies offensive? Now, we know that the jobs market is a tough one at the moment, and it can be even harder to find work if you have a disability. The latest government figures show that you're 65% more likely to have a job if you're not disabled. Well, a school in Milton Keynes which teaches children with disabilities is trying to make its pupils as employable as possible. And earlier on, we spoke to Liz Sace from the charity Disability Rights UK is keen as well to uh, point out where perhaps disabled people can make themselves slightly more employable. Well, Douglas Campbell is from Milton Keynes. He's disabled and agrees it is harder than ever for disabled people to get a job. Morning, Douglas. Good morning. If it's not a rude question, sir, can I ask what's your disability and how does it affect you? I had polio back in 1952, and I'm a full-time wheelchair user. Okay. But I'm lucky because I think probably most people agree I've got a perfectly good brain. Well, you see, uh, I'll be the judge of that at the end of this conversation, <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But, you know, it, it, in some respects, those with a straightforward physical disability are probably the lucky ones. 
Well, that's unusual. I've, I've not heard that uh, that that before. Why, why are you one of the lucky ones? Do you think, Douglas? We only the only barriers we normally would come across in getting a job are physical barriers of access, access to getting to work, getting around at work, coping with work. There are, of course, the barriers that employers sometimes put up, um, which are more often than not non-real barriers. They are, oh gosh, we couldn't cope with a disabled person. Oh, won't it be difficult? Oh, won't there be lots of nightmares? Won't there be health and safety issues? That sort of thing. And frankly, most employers don't know there are solutions out there, so... So what, what problems have you encountered personally in, in trying to get work? Typically physical barriers and trying to get on shortlists. Now you could never prove why you don't get on a shortlist. Maybe you're applying for a job that you just aren't going to get. We've all done that, I'm sure. Um, but it's typically physical barriers. And it's, it can also be things like job mobility are difficult. Um, if you are not work, if you're, say, living in Milton Keynes, you haven't got a job, and, but a job comes up in Plymouth. If you're not disabled, you can go, right, I'll just go down to Plymouth, I'll rent a flat, a top-floor flat somewhere, get on with the job. If, you're, if you've got a disability, that's nowhere near as straightforward. Mm. Uh, particularly if you're dependent on support systems, um, you, you know, maybe you're, you know, through the local authority, care support is provided, that sort of thing. The more of that there is, the more complicated it is just to up and move. Um, and so it isn't... Yeah, there are all sorts of barriers, but I think I think the other problem is, I mean, personally, I mean, you know, I work at the Disability Resource Centre in Dunstable, and I don't, when I advertise for stuff, and I have to be honest, we don't advertise that often these days, um, we rarely get applications from people with a disability, despite the fact that we have very positive policies on employing disabled people, very positive policies on making sure they get shortlisted if they have a disability, you know, and we are, by nature, an organisation sympathetic to uh, disabled people. Douglas, you've, you've been an employer as well, I believe. C yeah. can, can you understand why some employers... This isn't any way to justify it, but they might see someone coming in a wheelchair or see someone with a limp or someone who can't see and think, oh, do you know what? It's just not worth the hassle. We'll, we'll, we'll get that, that girl who's maybe not quite as good, but, but she's physically and mentally fine. It'll just be easier. I totally understand how it happens. And I think, to be honest... You know, it happens in other areas of employment. I'm sure there are employees who go, oh, that's a woman who's in her early 20s, she's just got married, she'll be off on maternity leave in no time. That, that's illegal, but it doesn't mean it isn't an attitude people take. Mm. You know, it, that's the reality. Um, and that can be positive and negative in some groups. But the reality, of course, is that disabled people on the whole have less time off sick. They, are, they tend to stay in a job longer, possibly because job mobility is more difficult. They may well stay in post for you know, considerably longer uh, than they would, than other staff will. Um, and often they prove to be very, very, very loyal employees. Douglas, I, I really appreciate your time uh, yeah, this morning. It's Douglas Campbell from Milton Keynes, uh, disabled. And uh, his thoughts on why it could be harder for disabled people to find work. Now, we're entering into the unknown territory here. I'm going to hit some buttons. Fingers crossed. Adam, are you ready? I'm ready. OK, I'm, I'm, we're having terrible troubles with this. It's literally held together with a little bit of chewing gum. I'm going to try something. We should hear your bed. Hang on one second. Okay. No, that's... No, no. No, that's, that's Paul Scoyne's our political reporter um, playing I'm a Believer on some instrument. Let's try this one. <laughs> 
No, hang on. Oh, for goodness sakes. Hang on one second. We've been working for a last... No, that's not it. Hang on a second. No, that's uh, Texas. Let me try this one. Yes! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 18th time lucky. Uh, the A1, it's still quite slow coming toward the Black Cat roundabout. We've got a fair bit of traffic there this morning. High Street and Houghton Regis starting to look slow near Bedford Square at the mini roundabout. The A602 in Stevenage is looking slow between the football ground and the A1M, but I'm looking at the cameras on the A1M and it's looking better than you might think. It's moving quite well. A10 is looking slow, though, from Chesant through to the M25, and then again the other side of the M25 through Enfield between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road. Queues on the A41 from Hemel Hempstead to the M25 at Junction 20. Then looking at the motorway anti-clockwise, we've got a lane closed because of an accident at Enfield. That's slow back through toward the M11 with 40 minutes of delays. It's also busy between Watford and the M40 and clockwise now starting to slow up from Potter's Bar through to Enfield as well. M40 is slow mainly coming from the A40 up toward the M25 but it is a little bit busy on the southbound side as you head in toward London as well. A404 in High Wycombe, that's busy coming toward the M40 and the A1's looking slow into London through Boreham Wood. Trains and tubes doing fine. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you, dear listener. Ignore this smooth edit. No one will have noticed a thing. Right, uh, nearly 8.47, it's Tuesday the 21st of May. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More than 90 people have died after a tornado devastated parts of Oklahoma City in the United States. Luton Police have issued a new description of the man wanted in connection with yesterday's shooting in Leicester Road. They now say he's tall, slim and Asian. In sport, Jose Mourinho is free to return to the Premier League after Real Madrid confirmed he's leaving at the end of the season. Right. Lara, are you ready? Oh, Lara, are you there? Oh, she's not there, blimey. Lara, where are you? Lara! Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. Look, if I, if I do this smooth little edit, right, and then if we try and hit this button here... And let's keep our fingers crossed she turns up. It's hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK. This is the BBC, by the way. Your licence fee is paying for this uh, this farce of um, of a show. Uh, don't worry, don't worry. I tell you what we'll do. Let's just do this. Paul, Paul Scoynes, political reporter, playing a musical Hello, instrument. Hello, who's my there, please? Oh, oh L- Lara, you've got Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, hi there. I'm sorry we've had a bit of a technical problem, well, but I'm here now. Everyone's having... I think this could be sabotage against the BBC. Everyone's having technical problems. Well, Lara, away you go in your own time. It's not <laughs> yes, your usual well, bed, by the way, either. I apologise for that. Oh, don't worry. I, I'll just have to live without it on this occasion. Today, we are going to see a little bit of sunshine eventually. It's just this morning not getting off to the brightest of starts. We're seeing the odd shower, a little bit of light drizzle, but gradually that's going to be clearing away. And as it does, well, temperatures getting up to a high of about 18 or 19 degrees. And we will be seeing a little bit of sunshine, even though it's not going to be lasting very long. There's come tonight the chance of the odd isolated shower... Overnight, generally a cloudy picture and temperatures down to eight. Excellent timing. Thank you, Lara. 
tackling your consumer problems. Sylvie wasn't happy with the quality of her telephone line. Kate's having problems with her leaky garage roof. The JVS Show. Five times they've not turned up for the appointment. I've still got the leak, which is obviously getting worse. Fighting for your rights. I went to speak to your telephone company and I said, look, what on earth is going on? The JVS Show. Have they managed to fix the problem with the internet? Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. It really could not, well, it would not have happened without your intervention. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. It took one phone call from yourself whereas I've been trying for over six months. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, there you go, you see. Uh, 08459 455 555. Ten minutes if you want to give us a call. Uh, Gollies, do, do you find them offensive? Milton Keynes Don's badge sold on eBay. 99 pence, not officially connected with the team, uh, but it featured a golly. Now, I grew up in the 70s, which, let's be honest, were horrible. Oh, they were horrible for lots of reasons. I had a golly, and I never I never associated it with a black man. And, and neither did my parents. My parents, as far as I can remember, never said, oh, that's, a black, that's, that's supposed to be a black man that you're holding there. It was just a doll. That was all it was to me. And as a result of that, I don't find them particularly offensive. But is it up to me, a white middle-class bloke, to say whether it's offensive or not. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, and let me know. It's getting some people quite angry. Some people very hot under the collar. Let's have a quick look at some of the Facebook pages. We'll go to, uh, to, to Adam uh, in, a, in a second. Um, surely, uh, Peter says, surely only those with a chip on their shoulder find a harmless badge offensive. After all, black people don't actually look like that. And I don't know any black people anyway, or white people, just various shades of brown and pink grey people. Uh, Lynn says, morning. Morning, Lynn. I love my golly. Also had a looby loo. What the hell is a looby loo? I don't get all the fuss. I never made the connection with black people and was upset when my golly went missing. Peter's come back in. Peter's angry. Peter's angry most mornings. It peeves me how black people can wear anything, including some very offensive clothing that say the word gorilla on it and the M-word. I don't think I've seen black people wear wear offensive clothing. Uh, And they think it's okay to call each other offensive names. But if it's uttered from a white mouth, then all hell breaks loose. Wait a minute, that's not on. People want it always in order to suit their own aims. Wrong. And uh, let's do one more quick one before we speak to Adam. Uh, Paul says, many years ago, there was a garage in Birmingham called Gollywogs. Their motto was, we don't put jam in jars, we put exhausts on cars. I wonder if they're still there these days. I can tell you what, no, they're probably not. I would imagine they're probably not still there these days. 08459 455 555. Uh, Now, earlier on in the show, we spoke to uh, Adam Walcott, who was entering uh, his garden at uh, the Chelsea Flower Show. Uh, We were going to find out whether he won. Good morning, morning, Chelsea. Good morning, Adam. Hi there. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very, very well, thank you. How did it go? Did you win? Uh, Well, we got a silver gilt, um, which um, is one down from a gold. We were hoping for a gold. Um, and we were a little bit disappointed initially, but silver gilt is an extraordinary medal. So, um, you know, we're, we're very, very happy with that. Well, that's, so, that's yeah. fantastic news, Adam. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I know what you mean. Silver's not as good as gold, but still it's second. Yeah, well, it's, 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 a sil- uh, it's kind of a silver gilt, which is actually between oh. a silver and a gold. Oh, so it, oh in yeah, that, that case. Yeah, when, when they're, what, what happens is if they're not quite sure it's a gold, but it's not a silver, then they call it a silver gilt. So basically we just missed out on a gold by a whisker, who, but there you go. Who, you know, right, such, is, such is life. Adam, let's, let's dish the dirt. Who won the gold? 
Uh, there's actually four golds along that what? section because. Whoa! Um, hang on a second. Suddenly, that silver gilt's not sounding so good. There are four golds. Yeah, there are four golds because it's actually a level of achievement right, that I you see. can actually achieve. So, okay. Um, yeah, and it's a very high standard. There's, there's four golds so far. There's another. Uh, there's two silver gilts, including ours. Uh, there's a silver, and there's one more garden to to be revealed. So. Uh, very high standard this year, but um, you know we're pleased. And, and ultimately, now what we you know what we want to do is make it a really, really great garden, a great show for the NSPCC because that really is the, well, the you, entire aim of the garden. You are raising money for the NSPCC. Final exactly. question, Adam. Final question, Adam. Uh, out of those golds, th- were they better than yours? Did they deserve the golds, or were you robbed? Uh, no, no, no. We definitely weren't robbed. The one next door, actually, um, which is a lady who's entered for the first time. I said to my partner um, all the way along, that's going to get a gold. Right. And, um, and she came in this morning, she burst into tears, and it was just absolutely oh, fantastic. fantastic to see that result. Yeah, I was so pleased for her. Well, Adam, listen, it's lovely to talk to you. Congratulations on the Silver Guild. That's excellent stuff. If you want more on the Chelsea Flower Show, well, Nick Coffer's there. He's on a jolly. He's on a jolly. Oh, let, I know. can I go to the Chelsea Flower Show, please, boss? I'll, I'll do some... Ra- He's on a jolly. That's what it is. He's there today. It's the 100th year of the uh, Chelsea Flower Show. And to mark the occasion, Nick will be speaking to the local charities and organisations, displaying their work and basically having a jolly. Yeah. Nick Coffer from Midday, you know, on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's not a bad idea for a show, Nick Coffer's Jolly. I would, I would listen to Nick Coffer's Jolly. Jollies and gollies. Here we go. We're speaking about gollies. Are they offensive? Well, Jean is in Bramington Wood. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. Jean, are gollies offensive? Definitely not. Why? Well, because, for a start off, it's how you teach them. My children believe that all gollywogs or all dark people are the same as them. And when my son never went to the dentist, he always had a golly as a reward. Well, well, well Jean, you, you do just say something very interesting. I don't know if you meant to say it or not, but you did say it, so let's address it. You said that all gollywogs and all dark people are the same. Yeah, definitely. You're not using the term golly to describe a black no, person, I'm are you? No, I'm teaching that, that the actual gollywog is something nice. I can't understand people that don't seem to think that they're not... You know, they're the same, and you're the same as you. But you did make Something the... for a reward to, to get to know somebody else that's different. Yes. And, and, and you... So you are specifically making the connection between... Is, is the phrase you use, dark people. Yes. The, um, I'm not... The gollywog... The actual gollywog is nothing to do with dark people. It's an actual... Um, a re- well, we had it as a... Uh, he had it as a reward in his life. Do you think that... Um, th- th- I don't know if you've heard the rest of the show. Some people... Uh, are offended by gollies, and I, I suspect maybe offended by the term dark as well. I'm not totally sure. Can you understand why some people could be offended by gollies? Um, I can understand, but <coughs> why? <coughs> why is it that you can enjoy a white clown as much as you can enjoy, uh, not as a person, as a thing? To enjoy what? What? What's the problem? Well, I can't enjoy white clowns. I find them terrifying. But also, white <laughs> the white clown isn't um, c- couldn't potentially be linked with um, uh, the, the, uh, the exploitation of black people as, as possibly the golly could be. Well, like, we, we never associated it like that. But that could be seen as part of its history, that that's where it's co- it comes from. It comes from white people blacking up to put on a show for white people that's, that, that is rude about black people. That, that's the history. Uh, so that could be why some people are offended. Well, so also, too, it was brave. They were very brave, the black people, if you get into black people, to overcome all they did as slavery and in, in all the countries to make lives for themselves. And I considered a, a gollywog to my son as a very brave person. Well, uh, Jean, thank you very much indeed. You're right that uh, that, that, that a lot of black people have had to overcome 
a, a lot of uh, changes and hardships. I wonder, I, I didn't want to ask Jean how old she was. I suspect, I suspect it's a generational thing. Although saying that, we, we heard earlier on from, uh, from a young lad who was, was very offended about... James is from Bletchley. Morning, James. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm OK, thank you. Have you called in about gollies? Uh, yes, I have, yeah. Are you offended by them? Uh, no, not really, no. But uh, what I was... Um, what I wanted to say was the, the word on the end of the golly... Yes. ..that you don't like to mention, and it doesn't bother me anyway, but... Um, I think that originated from way, way back in the 40s or even 50s from the government, from the immigration services, as would we please welcome our westernised oriental gentleman. Oh, really? Yes. I'm trying to Google it as, as quickly as I, as I can, but uh, um, I'm not, I'd, I'd never heard that before. No, well, it, it, it was fairly prolific. I mean, I'm nearly 75 then, so it was fairly prolific sort of 40, 50 years ago. Right. And, and what, what are you saying it stands for? Westernised Oriental Gentleman. Okay. Pluralised West- with the S on the end. Westernised, or- but Oriental wouldn't imply a black person, would it? Well, I, 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 I think that's where it originated from. Right. Okay. So that all, all coloured people, as, as is sort of um, um, from the Orient, from Africa, Well, the, the, the from thing is, the, the gollywog word has been used as far back as 1895. That's the earliest I can trace it, with a quick glimpse at, at the computer. So that, that could oh. imply that you could possibly be wrong. James, listen, I think just because we're running out of time, it's an interesting point. Um, and, and what a fair and frank discussion we've been having this morning. Fingers crossed this works. Yes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice one. M25 anti-clockwise. Still a lane closed. An accident with three cars involved at Enfield, Junction 25. That means it's slow back to the M11 at Junction 27 with delays of around 40 minutes. Also slow from Watford to the M40. And busy clockwise in through the roadworks potters bar to enfield going the other way approaching that accident on the m1 london bound there are delays from brickett wood at junction six through to junction four at edgeware taking 10 or 15 minutes to get through the traffic there m40 still looking quite busy at the denham roundabout where it meets the a40 the A1, as you come toward the Black Cat roundabout, there are queues toward the Great Bar- Barford Bypass. Into and out of Bedford, it's not looking too bad this morning. As you continue down the A1M, things are looking all right. No real delays past Stevenage, so the A602 is looking slow at the junction with Gunnels Wood Road, the A1072. A41, slow from Hemel Hempstead down to the M25. A404 delays in High Wycombe, and the A1 still queuing into London through Boreham Wood. Trains and tubes running fine. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam, and thank you for your patience this morning. Thank you, dear listener, for your patience and all your calls. Right, back tomorrow at 6, JBS up next. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Tuesday and on today's big phone-in I'm asking, do you get a good service from your GP surgery? The Health Secretary Jerry